This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald, and I'm delighted to say Editor Dan is back home, so you are free from editing duties this week, Damon. Thank fucking God. Oh, my God. Dude, uh, it, it was, you know, you would think it would be super simple. I mean, just taking two audio files, finding, because we do a countdown before the show, and we, we kind of align our three, two, ones, and then boom, you know, just put them together and space it out, and great. The problem is, is that I didn't like when you sent the file over for like the opening music and the closing music, and then we have to have a bumper in the be- beginning for the voices of wrestling thing and all this stuff. I, I didn't have those files, so I was taking, I was editing old podcasts, right, and then splicing that information that that stuff in the new podcast audio. And it just didn't sound right. And I, I sent like, you those files. Too. I know, but I couldn't. I did, it didn't open, and it was two o'clock in the morning for you. And I'm going to do email you to wake you up to say, "Oh, I got a fucking." So I tried to make do with what I got. I, I know you sent it, but it, for whatever reason, it didn't. I didn't have the attachments. I don't know why. Um, or I couldn't open. I don't know because I got. The, I don't know why am I complaining about it here. Um, I sent you a forwards from that that that's chain correct. of emails. So yes, I. Yes, so you, you and went I back had to the those original same email, and they no, no they good. Yeah, and I had those same emails. Like I went through my old emails, and and I had that same one, but I didn't have the file on. I don't know why. Maybe Google Mail doesn't, or Gmail, should I say, uh, doesn't s- save attach. I don't know. I didn't have the attachments. I didn't have them. So uh, this is great podcasting, by the way. <laughs> complaining about having attachments. But I didn't have the attachments. So anyway, I tried to make do with what I had. And then from what I understand, there were some issues with your sound levels. Um, and I didn't boost them up high enough. And I don't know. It was just fucking mess. So anyway, it took me like four hours to edit this goddamn thing. And thank God for Dan. And if you don't love Dan for – if you don't, if you like this show, eh, you thank Dan because it's, it's 75% his magic. We're just, a, we're just bumbling idiots talking into a microphone. He's doing all the magic behind the scenes to make the sound decent. So hats off to Dan because he's back and uh, he can never take another vacation. And on the topic, Damon, let's talk about the illustrious Super Jcast Hall of Fame, which is going to be uh, rolled out in Dallas as part of the meetup. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to – I'll do something announcing the winners – um, in Dallas at the meetup, uh, which will be uh, at Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, I, we will, we'll tweet out the exact address as it gets closer, but it's it's close to the arena um, on Saturday, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. it starts, and it goes to about 4. They, they roped off an entire area for us, kids. So, um, and that is, you know, that, that's amazing. So, uh, that's Nicole and, um, oh my God, how could I forget? Because they helped, uh, who, do you know who helped with that? Tyler. Joel? Tyler, how could I fucking forget? I'm an idiot. Jesus Christ almighty. God. 
Um, yes, an awesome job, and so we're all looking forward to that on Saturday, the day of the show, the day of G1 at Buffalo Wild Wings, um, and we'll get you the exact address, but it's like about, uh, it's like about a five-minute ride, uh, if you're in your car, uh, from the arena, so, uh, we'll give full details on our Twitter account, uh, as we get closer, but make plans for that, because it's going to be fun. Right now, we got about 20 people, 30 people, I think, uh, that have actually confirmed, and you know that, you know, people always late stragglers and shit. Rolling in. Um, so join our Discord because that's where really you're going to get all the information. A lot of times I'm not great with the information. but <laughs> Join our Discord. There's a little channel for uh, Dallas Meetup and all the information will be there. But the Buffalo Wild Wings, Dallas, Texas, be there or be square. I've always wanted to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. I was looking at the menu. I'm really jealous that I can't be there. Not just for all the the fun of you know getting to meet all these cool people but i just i like chicken wings is it as good as it sounds on the menu yeah it it, it is good it's it's a sports bar-y kind of thing right um it's uh yeah different flavors there's one near me that's really good some of them i mean some it depends you know i would say just like with any restaurant you know um and any chain restaurant is sometimes you get better quality than others but you know it's I think it's good. I, I, I think it's fine. Yeah, I like it a lot. I like the different sauces that they have. That's what I really like. And, of course, the beer. That yeah, that's what I was looking at. What's the spiciest one? Is it the blazing one? Blazing one's probably hot. I don't know if it's going to be super hot for you, right? Because you really like hot stuff. Um, but, yeah, it'll, it'll, you'll, you'll know it's there. You'll know it's in your fucking mouth. <laughs> Isolate that audio, please. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll know it's in your mouth, Joel. I always like to know when things are in my mouth. Right, you know. right. Uh, so, the Hall of Fame then. Yes. We can exclusively reveal who our picks are. So, this is how it's going to work. Um, Damon, you will pick two people's go straight in. I'll pick two people's go in. And then our members of our discords will be able to vote. The ballot should be coming out the next couple of days. And people on the discord will be able to vote for your... Is it top three? Are we doing yep. first, second, and third choice? It's not even and first, second, and third. You then, just pick three. Yeah, no, no, there's no weighted vote. Just pick three people that you think, or things, or whatever, as you'll find out by the nominees. Just pick three that you think. And again, this is a funny thing. Please, let's not take this too seriously, right? But it's just a funny thing just to, to do. I, th- I thought it would be a, a fucking hilarious thing for to, for us, our dumb show to have a Hall of Fame. So, uh but but on a side note, as I, and I do say it's dumb. Um, it is a kind of a, a you know a little tip of the cap. I say tip of the cap a lot. A little tip of the cap to people that help make us successful and help. Uh, I don't know. I just kind of wanted a way for them to be recognized. It's a fun thing, but you know uh, there are you know I just think it's a fun thing, a fun thing, Joel. I'll, I'll say it's a fun thing seven more times. I have found the address for the Buffalo Wild Wings. I think I'll just share this now. It's 4140 Lemon Avenue. or I assume that's Avenue. A-V-E. Is that short for Avenue? Correct. That is correct. That's good, Sean. Good, yes. Correct. Okay. So that's... Yeah, I'm good at this. Uh, this is Lemon with two M's. So Lemon Avenue Suite 176 in Dallas. So um, there you go. There's, there's your address. I will tweet that out. Uh, Damon, would you like to reveal who your two picks are to go into the first ballot for the Super J-Cast Hall of Fame. 
All right. So uh, you want me to give, you want to go one and one, or you want me to give you the both? Uh, let's do one and one. All right. Uh, my first pick um, is someone who has helped us with our show. And every time that this gentleman is on our show, he pops our numbers. And he pops our numbers big time. And he's been on uh, different versions of our show. Um, And again, he was one of those guys that helped us grow the show just by mentioning the show. Um, So, uh, you know, a lot of our numbers, in the beginning anyway, were from uh, just his mentions when he would do them live on the show. So my first pick into the Super J-Cast Hall of Fame is the great Kevin Kelly. I wonder if Kevin could uh, join the meetup. Come to Buffalo Wild Wings. Kevin, if you're listening, come pick up your awards. Yeah, which, which will well, be... What does he get? I'll buy you a... got little trophies made? <laughs> no, we don't have shit. Uh, do I got to go make trophies now? Um, I will... He doesn't drink beer. He doesn't drink beer, I don't, from what I understand. So, um, I don't know, maybe a soda pop. A portion of blazing hot wings. Yeah, I'll, give, I'll buy him a plate of wings. What the fuck? I, you know, whatever. Um, I'm already buying... Um, I'm buying uh, Tyler and and um, and uh, Nicole wi- uh, ribs. We're going to this famous barbecue joint, um, and I'm, I said, you know what? I'll take care of your your ribs if you buy if I get ribs. I got a slab of ribs on you. Um, but yeah, maybe he can have some hot wings. But so our first, the, the first out of the gate, the great Kevin Kelly in the Super J Cast Hall of Fame. I'm sure he'll mention that on his broadcast <laughs> at G1. When should he mention it? During the main event? I think During so. the closing yeah. stretch between Okara and Tanahashi? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's the Rainmaker. It's reversed. Oh, by the way, the Super J-Cast Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. right. I want a graphic. I want a graphic on his, uh, you know, his lower third, you know, when they have the, um, his name, when they announce him. I want to see uh, Super J-Cast Hall of Famer uh, Kevin Kelly. I want him announced as Super J-Cast Hall of Famer Kevin Kelly. Damn right. Okay, uh, my pick, my first pick is, so we've already mentioned, he, without this person, there would be no Super J cast because he makes our shit listenable for all of you people at home. Uh, and that's Editor Dan, who puts in countless hours of his own work without any payment, any hour of the day. It's, he is just so devoted and committed and hardworking for getting this show out there, uh, all off his own back. So... Wish him nothing but the best. What a great guy. Editor Dan. Let's give it up for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, if, if there's anybody who makes this show tick, it's him. He, and here's the thing. He never complains. And he always, you know, I don't know. He always has a joke coming his way. And he's such I don't know, a lo- he's, lovely guy. Yeah. He's just a good, you know what I mean? You know how people in your life are just good people and just like never a hassle, never a bother. And he, and again, he out of his like he's not on the air, quote unquote. He doesn't, you know. He he does the grunt work. He digs the ditch. Uh, I don't know. And and like I said, I pulled my hair out what little I had trying to get this goddamn show last week. So, yeah, I mean, and here's the thing: even I was like, he's part of the show. You know what I mean? Like, like he's automatically in. Period. I think you know. He's just. I just feel like he's. He is. 
a part of the show, but we just needed to, to especially recognize. So absolutely, without question, a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, Editor Dan is in the Super J-Cast Hall of Fame. All right, and your second pick, Damon? My second pick. Um, and again, uh, I think when we talk about the roots of this show and and where the, the uh, pillars that it came from, and again, I say all the time how Joel is just has taken this show to new levels and new heights and is uh, just uh, couldn't be a better co-host. Couldn't be. Uh, in the beginning, we had uh, someone who I thought was absolutely fabulous as well when it came to uh, chemistry and, and the ideas of making this a regular thing and a regular show. And he did all the editing uh, in the past, and he did a lot of the, the, the grunt work, as we called it. Um, and and I, this show wouldn't be here. I don't know if it would or it wouldn't. I don't know. But I, I really feel like that if we're doing a, a goofy Hall of Fame and we're tipping caps to people who have helped grow Super J-Cast, and Christ Almighty, I can't believe the numbers that we pulled, but okay. Um, you got to... You got to acknowledge, and I I want to acknowledge because he helped make this what it is, and of course that is the great Colin Miller, right? So Colin Miller is in the Super J Cast Hall of Fame for all of his hard work that he did in making the Pure Cast what it was, um, and then transitioning that power, strength, goodness, all that, and placed that on Joel's lap, and Joel took the ball and ran with it. So for me, I I still and yes, I I talked to. Uh, Colin, I don't want to say a lot, but I talk to him every once in a while. It's more of a thing where we'll we'll be listening to some cheesy '80s hair metal band, and he'll just send a t- like a screenshot of what he's listening to, and it's like fucking Dokken or something, or Poison or Van Halen or whatever. Um, or but he sends me goofy text messages, like he'll send me a a a, a shirtless Tanahashi, and it'll be like, "Here's your morning motivation" or something like that. Um, so yes, I'm still we're still friends, we're still in contact. Uh, hate to to break anyone's heart with that, but uh, yes, Colin Miller in the Super J Cast Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know I've said it loads of times, but I was a huge fan of the New Japan Purecast and. I love Colin and you. Great chemistry together. So I was as gutted as everyone else when things uh, it went off the air. So uh, very appreciative for the all the hard work that Colin put in. And uh, I know there's certainly a lot of people out there who still miss him. I miss him as well. And just great job with uh, getting the Purecast to where it was so we could take it and turn it into the Super J cast and make it much, much worse. <laughs> I wouldn't say that again. I said that you. It depends you, who you ask, Dave. <laughs> you have made the show. I mean, you've grown the show. You've. I mean, this is not just sitting around and let's jerk each other off. But it, you know, you, you absolutely have. And and I would not have a show if it weren't for you. So, uh, and I wouldn't be able to get this out. You know, this wrestling stuff out of me. Um, if it weren't for you, so no. Uh, I mean, look, I, I've I've said it before, and 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 not afraid to say that of, of the accomplishments that you've done. So listen, if if we were so if we were so self serving, I would put you in the Hall of Fame too, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, when do we get to go in the Hall of Fame? 
Could we put ourselves I in the Hall of Fame? We're automatically in. Yeah, we're automatically. We already have our uh, our rings. <laughs> All right, my second pick then. <laughs> that would be the ultimate move. <laughs> we're the only members. <laughs> yeah, just that. Me and you, and that's it. Close the ballot. <laughs> that's it. That's all. Fucking great. All right, give you last pick so we can end this self-serving segment. All right, my last pick is someone who's been a long-term friend of the show and the man who got me into Caracol and Hall for New Year Dash, which has opened up other exciting opportunities for us and let us meet some cool new people. Uh, someone who went to all the G1 shows last year and gave us a, a fantastic interview about his experiences, which certainly got a lot more eyeballs on the podcast. And someone who is just all-round lovely guy, and that's Fraser. Yes. Yes. Let me tell you something. He is a highlight of any trip that I take to Tokyo. Um, he it, just a great guy, a funny guy, loves to bust balls. Um, just, he killed, I, I kid you not, the last night in Tokyo last year, it was uh, me, uh, Claire and Kyle from uh, Sydney, Australia, who, who have become great friends, and, and, and Fraser, and he took us to this restaurant. It was unbelievable. It was like uh, steak, tonkatsu. It was unbelievable. Um, and we just had a great time, and it was just one of those mem- – like him bu- – he busted on my balls for something, Joel, that everybody kind of jumped on, and everybody was laying the boots to me, but I was more than willing to take it. And I just, I just have this visualization of him kind of just cracking up laughing, and he's like stomping the floor a little bit. And it was just the funniest thing, and I'll never forget it. And again, him hooking us up uh, with uh, Dash was was an amazing time. You know, I'm getting text messages from him while I'm inside the dome, letting me know that he hooked me up. And again, just an all around great guy um, and a really important guy. Like, it's just funny how he like who he is compared to who we are. And um, I'm always amazed by his hospitality and his kindness and just him just being one of the boys. Uh, when it comes time for Wrestle Kingdom time. So I look forward to seeing him in January and in a absolute first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and I couldn't be happier to have him in. So there's our four, right? So we are, are, are yeah, our four. Um, those are in, they're in, they're, they're in, they're, they live in infamy. Now, to have some more fun with this, it's now your turn to vote. Right, so you have to be a member of our Discord. Right, that's the only caveat. You need to be a member of our Discord. So follow the link on our Twitter. It's right there. Join up, sign up. To me, it's the one place where Discord about pro wrestling is both light and serious at the same time, and it's fun, and the people are cool, and just you can hang out there and talk pro wrestling. Got to be a member. Um, you'll have a link to a Google Doc, and you can vote for up to three, right? Yes, that's correct. All right, so here are the nominees that you can vote for after you join our Discord for the inaugural Super Jcast Hall of Fame. Comms Pete, who makes all our excellent polls. He does our end-of-year polls for us on the Google Docs. Andrew Rich, who makes our musical stingers. Noah's Penis. Uh, a member of our Discord's channel, In Every Ending, who... <laughs> this is going to sound funny saying it. This uh, responsible for introducing the fuck energy discourse to the Discord, right. which is one of the highlights there. Uh, Nicole, 
at Boost Leprechaun, who does so much excellent work in moderating that Discord and helping you get to Dallas along with Tyler and sorting out meet and greets and stuff like that. Scampy the cat, mm-hmm. your neighbor who dropped the baby, strong zeros. Brett from House of Urchins, who designed our logo, and I think he did the old Puricast logo as well. Voices of Wrestling for yeah. putting us two idiots on the air, giving us a platform to talk rubbish, and Riley Reed. <laughs> Riley Reed. Look, I think it's a, I think it's a quality uh, list of of equal parts great people who have helped us uh, achieve success. Uh, along with uh, equal parts nonsense. So, um, look, great stuff. Have fun with it. Vote in. Join the Discord. And those are the nominees for the inaugural inaugural uh, Super Jcast Hall of Fame. Excellent job. All right, so that's the obligatory 20 minutes of uh, self-indulgent nonsense out of the way. Let's talk about, well, not quite wrestling. Here's a question for you, Damon. What do I have in common with the WWE Universal Champion? What does Joel have in common with the WWE Universal Champion? Well, first of all, I have to think about who the fuck is the WWE Universal Champion right now. Is it – that's not Daniel Bryan. It's um, Seth Rollins, right? Correct. Okay. And what do you have in common with Seth Rollins? The French hate you too? <laughs> well, you're, you're pretty close. We've both annoyed really? a lot of people on Twitter. So it wasn't oh. me this week. It was Seth who upset a lot of people – uh, what, what did he do? Now, there was a sort of fairly mediocre WWE show and he was tweeting out, oh, best pro wrestling on the planet, period. Name me one other wrestler who goes out there as often as I do and delivers as much as I do. And then Osprey piped in and said, I'm alive and was just putting his name forward for the discussion. And then Seth was quite patronizing to him. Just a bit of banter, really. Just went back and forth over it. But... um a lot of people got quite animated over this, Damon. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's the Twitter, right? I love that. I love that Twitter. I love it. It's nothing but good, good quality, logical, thought-provoking discourse on on Twitter, isn't it? Great. Emotions never play a factor, and and trying to get a win uh, never plays a factor in discussion on Twitter. That's why I love it. So, um, yeah. Look. It, I think Seth was was out of line. I think everyone would agree, right? And I think he, uh, I think he overstepped his bounds in the sense of, you know, there's, I, 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 it's not even difficult to name. I, I could go through every promotion, every major promotion, should I say? Not even. It even depends on what you consider major. Name name recognized wrestling promotions. And I promise you I can find a guy better than Seth Rollins right now. Okay, I'm glad you said that, Damon, because I've got a fun game for you. Uh, This is a game that I like to call, Would You Take Seth Rollins Over This Wrestler? I know the title's not very catchy. So I'm going to list off about 40 wrestlers, and you tell me, uh, would you take Seth Rollins over this wrestler? So let's say, if I say Okada, if you would rather have Okada, you say Okada. If you'd rather have Rollins, you say Rollins. And I'll keep tallying how many. All right. Okada. I would take Okada. Tanahashi. I would take Tanahashi. Liger. I would take... I mean, I would take Liger just because he's Liger. But I, I would take... I would, would I take Liger right now over Seth Rollins? I got to be fair. 
I would take Seth Rollins. Okay. Uh, Ibushi. Ibushi. Naito. Naito. Osprey. Uh, yeah, yes. Shingo. Yes. Ishii. Ishii, yes. Hiromu. Hiromu, yes. Zach- I would take Hiromu now. <laughs> <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Kenta. Yes. Juice. Yes. Jay White. I would. Jay White, yes. Moxley. Hmm. Here's the thing with Moxley. He's hot right now, and he's hot because he's out. But if I took Seth out, if I, I'm trying to be as objective as possible. If I took Seth out of WWE, would I rather have Seth or would I rather have Moxley? And I probably would rather have Seth. Okay. Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee, I would take. Ishimori. Ishimori, I would take. Evil. I would take evil. Sonata. <laughs> imagine, imagine Discord just blowing up if I went, Seth! <laughs> uh, I would take Sonata. Show. I think Show has a, a tremendously more upside than, than, than um, Seth. Um, I would, I, look, I would take Show. But I, and I know people might, might lose their fucking shit over that one, but I would take Show. El Desperado. I would take Seth. Robbie Eagles. Hmm. I would take... That one's tough. Robbie Eagles is really good. I would take Seth. Suzuki. I'm, I got to put it in the in the same Liger category. Like I love Suzuki, and I and I think he's tremendous, and his body of work is amazing. Is he be- right now? Is he better than Seth? I gotta be. A, uh, and and I'm doing this to take like who's again. I, I, of course, I would normally take a Liger and a Suzuki. I would. I absolutely would. But like. If, I would take Seth. Jeff Cobb. I would take Seth. Gotto. I would take Seth. Yo. I would take Seth. Tai Chi. I would take Seth. Nagata. Again, these you're putting the, the the older guys are the harder part because I'm going by their body of work. Like if I'm going by their body of work, I'm taking Liger, I'm taking Suzuki, I'm taking Nagata. But again, right even right now, I think Nagata could probably go. You know, you give him the tap on the shoulder, and even Suzuki. And all right, so for what? So and again, I'm making up the rules as I go along. For one match, right? Mm-hmm. For one fucking match, I just need these guys to to deliver a a, a banger. I'm taking all three of those guys. I'm taking Liger. I'm taking all Suzuki. Right. I'm taking I'm taking Nagata. All right. So, so uh, okay, okay. I'm sorry we're changing the rules a little bit. <laughs> but for one banger of a match, yeah, they probably could fucking over-deliver Seth. I guarantee it. Okay. Do you want to reapply that metric to any of the others? 
like Goto? Yeah, probably Goto. All right, so we're taking Goto over Seth Rollins. All right, let's keep going then. Um, Kojima. Could Kojima in a big spot over deliver? Nah, Seth could. I I, got to go Seth there. I'm sorry. I got it. Shota. A young lion. I'll tell you what, I'm more interested in his matches. Look. Seth. Narita. Any young line. I gotta go I gotta go Seth. I got I got to. Kanamaru. <sighs> Seth. Toguchi. Seth. El Fantasma. Oof. I, I'm going El Fantasma. Mm. Hinari. Seth. Yano. Seth. Yujiro. Seth. Chase Owens. Seth. David Finley. Seth. Bushi. Seth. Makabe. Seth. Yoshihashi. I bet you I bet you Yoshihashi could give me a better match in a big, big fucking spot than Seth Rollins. I'm gonna go Yoshihashi on that one. Alright, last one, bad luck Farley. Seth. Alright, so let's see the number of wrestlers you pick. So we got one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. So if New Japan signed Seth Rollins, you are telling me he would be the twenty-fourth best wrestler on that roster. <laughs> Again, my metrics were And I gave you forty two a- names, so he'd be yeah. halfway. Yeah, he'd be halfway. Uh, okay. again, it's I need a big time fucking match. Tap on the shoulder, go. And I, but I, again, I, I will say this before the Seth Rollins, uh, what, what's intelligentsia uh, attacks. If you took, I'm going to ask you a question, Joel. If if you took Seth Rollins out of the the shackles of WWE. And you took him and put him in, I don't care, G1, big time, big spotlight match. I think he can deliver. I, I, I think he could deliver. And I think he is I, – I, I really feel like everybody who is in that promotion is handcuffed. And if if you let him go do whatever he needs to do – and I know that the, the, there is a feeling that it's Seth Rollins. He can do whatever he wants. He does 17 dives a match, blah, 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 blah. No, he's got Still. Vince's hand up his ass, hasn't he? He's just a right. puppet. Thank you. I agree. Now, you, you remove that hand up his ass and let him go do what he's been training to do all his life. Do you think he instantly rockets up into the at least top 15, top 10? Here's the thing. I Back in 2015, I was a massive Seth Rollins fan. I thought he was great. I thought his in-ring output was really, really good when he had his 
run as the heel champion. Uh, he had that three-way match with Lesnar and Cena at the Royal Rumble, which was great. And he, he even managed to get a really good WrestleMania match out of fucking Randy Orton. And when he took that belt, he ran with it. I thought it was terrific. But then he had that really bad knee injury. And I think that knee injury, I don't think he's ever really recovered from that. I think since he returned from that, his in-ring output has not been at the same level it was. So I think part of it is down to the WWE house style getting a lot tighter and more prescriptive. And I also think he is physically, it seems he's unable to reach the peaks that he did in 2015. Yeah. And I would agree with that. And I think both of those things kind of intermesh with each other, right? Um, now, I mean, look, let's put it this way. He f- miraculously is out, out of his contract and he, you know, he's a free agent. You mean to tell me you want to pick him up tomorrow? Well, I definitely would. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um... Are there guys that are better than him? Absolutely there are. There are. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there are lots of guys, without even trying, that that are better than him in ring right now. So, right. I think... I, I think he got just hey, look. He's I guarantee you know what, I, and 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 I've heard someone else say this. Those tweets that I don't even think that was him. Right? I, I feel like the like the 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 language that he was using. Oh, was that was pure. just pure corporate WWE, wasn't it? Right, right. I mean, it was like you know language that Vince himself uses all the time. It would be like yeah, me taking grabbing the board and going home. That's right, Vince, isn't it? Right. Uh, it would be like me grabbing Seth's Twitter account and being like, get the fuck up the street, Osprey. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, it would be the, the equivalent of that. So, um, ah, I think it's a lot, a lot, a lot of hubbub about nothing. And everybody's getting all fucking fired up over it. But like, I, don't think, I don't think Seth has a pot to piss in here. But um, he, he still is very good. And I would take him tomorrow. So no doubt about well will osprey managed to get a bit of media attention on himself as a result of this he did a couple of interviews he did one with wrestling observer radio uh he did one with edge and christian podcast as well did you get a chance to listen to the observer one damon Uh, yeah i listened to a bit of it um i like him i don't know i mean there's something about him that i i I, maybe it is just the fact that he to me feels a bit goofy you know like he just feels a bit uh out there sometimes um i i like i like because i can relate to a lot of people who um deal with issues when it comes to uh mental health issues right so i can i can i can kind of connect when when people start speaking that language and i can kind of feel that and i and i and i feel that and, I, and not only him but um i don't know if you you, you saw the round uh big cass big cass had a, has a video out and i think it's with an association with uh, ddp uh, that was, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, I can kind of see a lot of this here. <laughs> um, so I, I, I do like that. I, I think I, – and I like Will kind of opening up a little bit and becoming a little bit more of a human. 
Um, I, I would, again, I've said it a thousand times. Twitter is is just a fucking cesspool, and there's there's no there's no win when it comes to Twitter. It really, and even if you think you're winning, eventually you lose. Um, but yeah, I did hear the interview, and I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was well done. Yeah, a few things stood out to me. The fact that Will was saying that he doesn't like himself and he's talked about it. He didn't actually use the word depression, but he's clearly someone who has struggled with depression. So I think he's shown, he is grown up a bit. I think he's shown more introspection than he used to do. And if you take that at face value, I mean, the fact that he says he, you know, he doesn't necessarily like himself, you know, maybe shows that he is starting to mature as a person. And he kept using the phrase, before I sell my soul, I wanted to do X, Y, Z. Do you think, he, he, at some point, he will go to WWE. Mm. You know what? Two years ago, I would have said, yep, no doubt, because it felt like that was always the end game. I don't know now. I, I, I find this past year, and even two years, has been so compelling if you are interested in um, not only what goes on in the ring and what goes on, on on your television set, but what is behind the scenes and the movement of and the, and the shift of power and the fact that other organizations are um, becoming successful, I, I don't know right now. I don't know where anybody's going. Uh, to be truthful, it's 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 an amazing time to be a pro wrestling fan. And and to, to me, it's probably the most exciting time to be a, to be a pro wrestling fan in, and let's be honest here, 25 years, 30 years. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing where we are. So to answer your question, I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think that's, that's everyone's end game now. Cause I think that there are legitimate options that are at least opening up um, that haven't been there in the past two or three years. You know what? I wouldn't begrudge anyone quote-unquote selling out and taking that money at some point in their career because it's my ambition to sell out. <laughs> I would love to sell out. I'd love right. to be in a position for someone to right. drive a dump truckload of money and say, uh, tell me exactly what to do and say. That'd be great. So I, I'm not going to bury anyone for you know, eventually signing with the Fed and cashing in because um, you've got to look out for yourself, haven't you? Yeah, but here's the thing with that. And... and- and I'll get, I, and I don't know anything about it, so please bear with me on this one. As I struggle all along with this shit analogy, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. It's like owning a Lamborghini, right? Where, oh my God, what uh, you have legitimately one of the greatest sports cars ever created, one in a thousand or made, or I don't even know. Um, it looks fucking ridiculously awesome. It looks like you're in some kind of fucking spaceship. I'm sure it's a panty dropper. I'm sure. Uh, it's 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 you know every guy's turning their heads looking as you rev your engine down the street. Problem is is that oh I got to get an oil change and now that cost me two thousand dollars you know to get a fucking oil change or oh I got to get a part that is only made again one in a thousand so the the actually owning it becomes more of a pain in the ass like it instantly loses value the minute you drive it off the lot. Just all these little things that you don't really recognize of of owning a Lamborghini. And to me, that's like working for WWE. It's the shiny car. 
It's the fucking, oh my God, you work, you're a star. You work for WWE. But really, it's all the other things that are associated with working for WWE that has to be an absolute fucking drag and at worst, a nightmare, right? Uh, Just, just, you think, you think I'm a pro wrestler. I'm a little bit of a free spirit. Uh, I don't have to sit behind a fucking desk and, and, and work on the spreadsheet, uh, right? Okay. It's like being in a rock band. Okay, well, here's the here's the truth behind it. You're literally micromanaged to don't cut your hair, don't grow a beard, look this way, talk this way, look at the camera like you're you're an alien. Uh, just nonsense. You're not a human being at that point. Uh, the travel, be here, go here, stay here. You got to pay for this. We'll we'll pay for this. You pay for this. Uh, that can't be fun. That can't that can't be a lifestyle people enjoy. So there's pluses and minuses, Joel. Here's an interesting caveat from the Edge and Christian podcast appearance Osprey did. Uh, let's make this into a quiz. How much do you think Will Osprey spent at Nando's in one year? In one year, all right. I'm going to say he went there once a week, and we'll say on average he probably spent. I'm going to say $10 US, which would probably equate to, what, 15 pounds maybe? Um, so 15 times 52. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to do some quick math here. I'm going to say he spent 800 pounds in a year. Okay, so in dollars, what would that be? That would be probably about so. Um, I'm going to say a thousand dollars in a year at Nando's. Will Ospreay revealed that in one year he spent four thousand dollars. Oh Nando's. my god! Holy fucking shit! Four thousand dollars? Now, to be fair, that wasn't on just him. He was treating people that he was with. Ah, but all right. That's still right, quite yeah, a he's lot, picking up the it? tab. Yeah. Have you he's ever been to a some Nando's? kind of like? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They uh, spoke about that. Um, the the black cards. So there's this. Um, mis- um, I don't know. No, it is true because I've seen pictures of it. But there's this special thing called a black card, which entitles you and I think up to four friends to free Nando's for a year. But they ooh. only give it away to top top celebrities. And apparently, the golden rule of the Nando's black card is never ask ask one. If you ask for one, you won't get one. So, it's like a Ribera jacket. It's like a Ribera right. jacket. Hmm. <laughs> um, fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look. If he, yeah. If he's picking up the tab for his his friends, then yeah, maybe. Because I'm figuring. I mean, how much fucking? Sh- I, I, to answer your question, have I ever had it? Uh, yeah, I had it once when I was in London. It's great. It's fucking great. Um, Do you remember what spice level you picked for your chicken? Uh, I don't, but I, it was spicy. It wasn't like the hottest one. What's the hottest one? Peri Peri, is it? I um, I, most of them are Peri Peri, but you pick like if you want medium or hot or extra hot. Or there's I other things. There's hot. like lemon and herb, or I think one of them is fuck that or something. Yeah, I ain't doing that. I'm doing hot. If I'm going there, I'm getting hot. So yeah, I probably got hot, and it was hot. It was fucking hot. I'm not gonna lie. It was good. I really liked it. Um, there's one in Washington D.C. And I drove by it, but I didn't stop. Um, 
I don't think it's going to be the same either. Like, I don't think it's going to be the, like, you know how, like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think it would be the same experience as going to one in London. Um, is that something you miss? Is that something that you miss from not being home in in London? Specifically, Nando's? Not really. I mean, Nando's is okay. I think it's no? a bit overpriced for what it is. I mean, it's okay. sort of just a step above fast food for me. And there's enough good food where I live that I, I don't really miss Nando's that much, to be honest. And I can get the sauces, right. and I can kind of make it myself. So, no. Oh, you can get the sauces. Um, I can get people to get the sauces for me. I could probably. Gotcha. There's this really good app in China called Taobao, which is kind of like sort of a cross between Amazon and eBay. So if I search for Nando's sauce, I could get a bottle of Nando's medium peri-peri sauce, 250 grams for 79 RMB, which (laughs) this is the weirdest podcast we've ever done. Um, It is. All right. 79 RMB. That would be uh, about $12. So expensive, but obtainable. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah, I like it. I like that a lot. All right. What else did, what other revelations uh, did Will uh, reveal on this Edging Christian podcast? Um, that's it. It's a rubbish podcast. I wouldn't really? recommend people <laughs> listen to it. I'm sorry. I, I did. I used to listen to it regularly, but it's, it's not very good. And I, I like hate Edging Christian, po- but I don't think it's a good podcast. Joel, I swear to God, I hate podcasts like wrestling, wrestler hosted podcasts. I hate him. I don't think I don't think there's one good one. I really don't. Jericho is sometimes think, good if he just shuts up and lets his lets the other person speak, as he did with the Moxley thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. Well, every once in a blue moon, you'll get that. I mean, again, Colt having, um, you know, Punk do his thing. I mean, th- those are classic, iconic episodes um, that that always end up in lawsuits. Apparently, yeah, <laughs> um, uh, but yes, of course, but like. On a daily, like on a weekly listen, like do I want to listen to the fucking guitarist from, you know, Judas Priest? Okay, gives well, a shit. Nut cases he gets yeah. on like talking about lizard men and all these weird conspiracy theories. <laughs> right. Like, uh, and even the wrestling ones. Like, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't, I never listen to because. Re- and here's the thing too. At least you're getting authentic thoughts from us, right? And half of it is just fucking nonsense, and we're talking about Nando's and our jerk-off Hall of Fame. But at least you're getting it from the heart. Like, I never feel like you're getting things from the heart. Never. I always think, And I always think they only do it for money. They only do it to get paid. And the minute that doesn't happen, like, then nobody's doing it for free. You know what I mean? I just, ugh. And, and here's the thing. Everybody... Th- it's just so just everybody's got a fucking podcast. It's just like, oh my goodness gracious. I mean, well, I mean that's that's every that's that's podcasting in general. Everybody's got a fucking podcast. It's just like Christ almighty. All right. Um Thanks for listening, everyone. Enough of that. Right, right. That's our show for today. Uh all right. So there we go. All right. So we got what else we got? We got plenty to talk about when it comes to New Japan. G1's right around the corner, right? Yeah, let's stick with Osprey and talk about this Southern Showdown thing. I've only seen the one match. I only watched Will Osprey versus Robbie Eagles. Damon, you seen it too? I did, I did. What did you think? So we had uh people say, go out of your way to watch this match. 
whatever you do, by whatever means. We had, you know, people who listen to our show, friends. We've had people from from New Japan Pro Wrestling contact us to tell us, find, uh, get, 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 get got to watch this fucking match. Got to watch this match. Uh, it was really good. It was really good. I wouldn't say it was better than... It wasn't better than Best of the Super Juniors final, that's for sure. Give me snowflakes. Because uh, I'm at four and four, a quarter, I think. Yeah, I went f- exactly where I went. And and I was... Uh, and listen, if I'm generous and I feel in, in a good mood, I'd go four and a half. Um, I don't think it was higher than that. I thought it was really good. Don't get me wrong. Like, oh, I, There's sure no fucking way. If we were in the building, it would probably be a lot higher. It, it seems like one of those yeah. matches where you had to be there live to really get the full experience. I agree, one hundred percent. But I thought it was really good, and and I think it was a star-making performance for Robbie Eagles. Don't you? Sorry, I just had to mute myself there. Uh, I th- star-making. It was a star-making I mean, performance star-making for Robbie Eagles f- it, for the local fans. He was already a star. No, Who's no, that no. Star-making performance now, okay. in whose eyes? Well, let me ask you this. If you put that match, because here's the problem I have. That match is going to get buried. And buried in, as, as I mean, not many eyeballs are going to be on it. Just for where it was, the three-day delay, it's going to get, it's going to, with all the pro wrestling that goes on, on a, on a weekly basis, it's going to get buried underneath everything else that's going on, right? So you got to make a conscious effort to remember to watch it, go back and watch it, watch it. And I would recommend that people do. Go back and watch it when it's uploaded to New Japan World. If you put that match, Joel, on, I don't care, whatever, whatever, just whatever the next Corkin show is or whatever, it's going to get more eyeballs and it's going to get more of a buzz. I truly believe that. And if it were... I really, truly believe that that would be a match that would elevate Robbie Eagles into a higher level than what he already is in New Japan. Agree or disagree? I think he had enough matches in Best of the Super Juniors that served that purpose already. So you don't think this match in particular is a match that if people saw this on a bigger platform, on a bigger stage it wouldn't elevate Robbie Eagles. I mean, I'm just thinking, he did have a... He, he beat Osprey in Best of the Super Juniors, but that was in that weird sort of airport lounge venue. So, right, yeah, maybe you, you put a match like this at a crackle and... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Right, just... But it, I think it, it he, already is, him... he, he already is. To me, he feels like a, a star already. I'm very high on him. I think, this, I think this gave him a little bit of a bump. I do in 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 elevation in 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 where he is in the promotion. Uh, my concern is is that this match is going to get lost in the shuffle, and 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 it, and I understand why they did it there. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't, don't. I understand why. But if you put that match somewhere with a little bit more of a spotlight, and, and again, I think it has more to do with the logistics. If this match were able to be shown live on the network, I, I really think more eyeballs would be on it. Look, in the States, at least, 
a little bit of a pain in the ass to find this fucking thing on Fight TV. You know, it's like, I, I know I'm, I'm shitting on it on Fight TV, but, and it is what it is, but I, you know, people, <laughs> I, look, I, my, here's my hope. In the three days that it takes for New Japan World to get access to this, to this match, uh, I hope people people go out of their their way to to rewind the clock, go back in time, and watch this match because I think it's that that good. I think you that you need to do that. Um, you know, I could I I I sit here and I talk about it, but you know what? If you talk about like Noah, or you talk about All Japan, or you talk about Big Japan, a lot of their shit isn't live either, right? It's on by the time it gets uploaded, there's already a little bit of a buzz for it. Um, so maybe I'm talking at my ass a little bit, but I just think if, if this were on a bigger stage, it would have gotten a bigger buzz. I don't hear a lot of people talking about it, um, like today. And I, that's my, my concern is that it's going to get lost in the shuffle. In terms of the match itself, I, I agree. I thought it was terrific. I liked having Osprey out muscling and like physically dominating, like bullying, uh, Eagles in the early portions of the match. And, I like the fact that Osprey was leaning into the heel dynamics, that people were booing him and swearing at him, and he, he ran with that, and I thought he did a great job. Just little moments like when Robbie was hanging upside down off the turnbuckles when they were exchanging slaps, and then Will just started kicking his face. I thought that was a really nice touch. I thought a couple of the spots didn't land quite as smoothly as I think they would have hoped. Bit of inconsistent selling of the leg, although I will say that Osprey's notably moved away from the screaming, which I think is a, a real improvement. And the El Fantasma interference... For me, took things down from being a match of the year candidate. Right. But a, a really good four and a quarter. Like the old Fantasma stuff, I understand why they're doing it. It's the story they wanted to tell. It makes sense in context, but I feel it just felt that wasn't what the crowd wanted. And I feel like Osprey and Eagles have got a better match in them. I think their story's nowhere near done. Just little things like Osprey didn't pull down his elbow pad for the hidden blades. He he was thought about doing it and then he just left it on. He decided, no, I'm not gonna use my exposed elbow to hurt Eagles because I either he didn't see him as that big a threat or he didn't want to hurt him because he still liked him and respected him. But yeah, I think they've got another match in them down the line. And I think we might be getting Osprey versus El Fantasmo for Royal Quest. And I'm hearing breaking news from the Sydney show that apparently Robbie Eagles is officially joined Chaos now. Oh, is that right? Is that is, are we getting breaking news from uh, from Sydney? Is that they're they're, they're yes. going live right now, right? That's right. All right. So let's so uh, just to confirm, you're saying that Robbie Eagles has joined Chaos. He has. Oh my! All right. Well, there you go. By Osprey himself. Well, there you go. All right. So that maybe that's uh, that was a little bit of uh, uh, foreshadowing. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yes. Uh, with the the hidden blade, or yeah. All right. The, the elbow pad. All right, there you go. That's interesting. And I think it's a good move. All right, well, and, and and I'll go so far as to say is this. Well, Chaos is going to have a lot of juniors now, right? A lot of juniors in Chaos. Yeah, so we've got Osprey, Eagles, Show, Show and Yo. Yeah. Now Robbie Eagles. Hmm. That was... That's suggest that maybe well if you're keeping Sho and Yo together as a tag team which I mean let's face it the way they've booked them I, I've got any interest in that if you're going to move Osprey up to heavyweight sooner rather than later maybe you want to break up 
Roponky 3K. I have one of them move to another faction. Yeah, it's a few few questions arising out of this move. Is do you consider Rocky Romero still a junior? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, an active. Yeah. yeah, I think so. All right, so there's there's a lot. All right, look, that's a. Uh, I mean, Bullet Club had uh, uh, Takahashi and uh, and Robbie Eagles and Ishimori, and so I guess it's not that that odd, but it does shift some power balance to chaos when it comes to the juniors. All right, very good. Uh, Interesting takes there from Sydney. We're getting live. Uh, we're getting live updates. I, I like how we're doing this. I like how we're, it's almost like we're live broadcasting. This this segment will last all of uh, five seconds because they're going to be like, I already know by the time they listen. But hey, it's new to us at nine o'clock on a Sunday. Uh, it's new to us. All right, very good. A few questions related to this. Eggsy says the show in Melbourne was great fun. Will adjusted to the crowd heat so well. They made the arena believe Robbie could win it. Will Robbie Eagles win the junior title one day? Yes. How's that? Yes. Again, I don't think. Look, if you go through the the, the history of the junior heavyweight title, I mean, fucking Sabu held that title. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not afraid to to put it on people that you know. In hindsight, you'd be like, oh. Okay, uh, it's you know yeah, and that's not saying that 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 he's a why would you put the title on him? Uh, they're not afraid to move the title to people who can hold it. So yeah, I think he'll 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 have gold uh, sooner than later. Yeah, I think you could belt him up on the next Australia show you do. I think you want to hold off until you can run a show in Australia in front of a decent sized crowd that you can stream live on NJPW Worlds. And that is going to be your prime star-making Robbie Eagles match. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Let me. You know what? What's funny is that I'm just kind of in my head going through, like the junior heavyweight champion. Like there's, you know, low key, right? He's held that title. Um, I mean, you could just go through on and on and on. And I think again, low key is pretty good. He's 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 good. He's good. Uh, But again, just. Just names that kind of stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> I think he's one of them. I don't know why. All right. Uh, sorry. Sorry to, to, to derail. What else we got? Oh, I've got an interesting question on the topic. Martin says, is the junior heavyweight title the most uh, prestigious title in the world as of now? I won't go as far as to say the most prestigious in the world. Does it? I mean, where would you rank it in terms of prestige in New Japan? Would you say? Uh, to me, it kind of feels like it's right up there with the IC title for me. In terms of prestige, yeah, I think very prestige, close third, maybe. Y- yes, I think uh, again the history that's behind it is is kind of what makes that right. It's it's not so much it's not so much like where you're thinking of it as like the heavyweight championship, where it's only a, a few select individuals have the right to wear that title. It's not that. It's more of the history that's behind it—it's been around for ages, right? The, the 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 names that have held it are synonymous with being some of the greatest junior pro wrestlers and pro wrestlers in general, right? So that's kind of where it gets its prestige. It's not so much that only a few, uh, you know, select people got to wear it. It's more of the names of the people that had won it. Um, you know, I'm going to just kind of, let's take a look and see 
the title history here. I mean, you know, the names. Owen Hart, Hiroshi Hase, uh, Naoki Sano, Chris Benoit, um, El Samurai, Ultimo Dragon, uh, Sasuke, uh, Shinjiro Otani. I mean, these are names that are synonymous with being some of the greatest junior heavyweights of all time. I mean, and then you get into, you know, some names that maybe not, you know. Uh, but even, you know, even if you go deeper in, um, Mystico, Marafuji, uh, Devitt, again, Loki, Kushida, Kenny Omega. I mean, these are uh, Minoru Tanaka, uh, Kenamoto. These are names that are fucking legendary names in this business. So, I mean, look, it's, it, I think it's the fact that, you know, I'm reading off these names. It's not like every single fucking jabron gets to wear this title. There are some big fucking names that have won this title. Um, Joel, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to come around on... Is, is this the second most prestigious title? I just think it's, it's the amount of people that have won it that, that I have a, a small problem with. It's, but there are some fucking names on that list that are pretty impressive. So given the historical pedigree, we bump it up above the IC title then. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of would. Like, 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 let me just quickly give a roll call of the uh, intercontinent of the intercontinental champions. Let me just give a quick roll call um, of all the, what the fuck's this? I don't want that. Um, as, as I try to type, uh, I'm going to give a quick roll call championship. Boom, boom. Bing, bing. Great, great radio here, everyone. Right. Yeah, we've been a lot of lists on this uh, podcast episode. There, I know this is the, this this is the um, the list show. Uh, why don't you give me the list of? Okay, that's what I want the list. All right, let me get, let me read off some names. Uh, of course, MVP winning the first one in Philadelphia was there uh, in 2011. Uh, Masada Tanaka, Hiroki Goto, Nakamura, La Sombra, Tanahashi. Fale, uh, of course, Nakamura, Goto, Kenny Omega, Michael Elgin, Naito, Suzuki, Chris Jericho, Ibushi. I got to be honest with you. I-, I like the names of the junior heavyweight a little bit more than I like. I think it's, it's been around longer. You know, 1986 is when we had the first junior champion. I mean, what do you think is a little bit more prestigious to you? To you? I mean, listen, the, every, everybody that's held the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in the past 10 years, minus AJ, has held this, this, this intercontinental title. Right? Jay White Again, hasn't. Naito. Jay White has not. Correct. Right? Naito, Ibushi... Well, again, he hasn't won a, a heavyweight chain. But Naito, uh, Tanahashi, Omega. Eh, I take that back because Okada's never won it. So what the fuck am I talking about? 
still big names. What do you think is more more prestigious? Again, not where it is in the company now, like like when it comes to card positioning and all that. But like, if you go through that list, that person who's that whoever that person who, who asked that question, they got a valid point if they're thinking the junior heavyweight championship is more prestigious. Yes, I think given what we've discussed, I would have it in second behind the heavyweight title. I'm an, I'm an, I, you know what? I'm in agreement. I'm, I am in agreement. Today, I am in agreement with that. I, I love the names that are in this junior. Uh, and again, it's not the hand wave, the, the Intercontinental, because there are the biggest names have held that title. But still, and again, it, I think it's unfair. 2000, comparing a title history, 2011 to 1986, it's a little tough. But it's not like they're just giving it to anybody, the, the, the junior. And, and I think that's a, um, and I'm guilty of it. Um, I think it's a, a, I don't know. That's a that's a poor narrative because they haven't. There's some big fucking guns that have held this title. All right, sorry about that. Louis says, "What do you think of the amount of work New Japan put into advertising for this Australia show?" I did notice that. It was something Nicole pointed out to me on the Discord actually, because I set up a little bot that would uh, automatically post all the tweets from the New Japan Global Twitter account onto a Discord channel, and there were so many plug in the Southern Showdown show. So they put a lot of effort into getting the word out there for these Australia shows. Did it pay off? Yeah, what do you think? Because I'm looking at uh, some feedback that Sydney had some, some areas that were tarped off. Yeah. Did it pay off? Hmm. I don't know. I think if you live in Australia and you're a fan of New Japan... You're going to that show either way. I just think it's yes. It's a question of doing more to expand the fan base there rather than putting out a ton of adverts. By having like, more Australian stars on the roster, uh, promoting, you know, having guys like Robbie Eagles in a more prominent position, stuff like that. Yeah, and again, it's not like New Japan. This was a this was a stop of theirs. <laughs> you know. Uh, for many years, it really, they've just started exploring that area. Um, you know, it, it, it look anytime I hear that a promotion has to tarp off areas because tickets aren't being sold, it does leave me a little bit of a ugh, okay feeling. Um, as long as shows are profitable, and I've said this before. Profitability is really the key. If they draw fifty people, but the show is still profitable, then that's 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 a that's a good thing. Um, it's the aesthetics of it. It's the you know it's the look. You want a full building. You don't want to have to turn off the lights to hide crowds. Well, maybe they could have dropped the price a bit because I was following Kyle's Twitter because he was at the Sydney show, and he mentioned that. His ticket to go to this Sydney show, which may not even be televised, was more expensive than it cost his Wrestle Kingdom ticket. Wow, really? I didn't know that. Woo. What were the f- God damn? What were the prices? That's crazy. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's got to keep people home. They, I, who the fuck do they think they are? Like you too? <laughs> like I don't. Like, why are tickets so fucking expensive? I get that it costs a lot of money to get people over there, and they need to to recoup some of the losses of the travel and 
getting everything set up and blah blah blah. But God Almighty, like tickets are so fucking expensive. I guess. Listen, it's not like ringside. There were empty seats. You know, it's it's usually pockets in 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 the lower bowl areas that are the trouble. Huh. All right. Look, as long as it's profitable, I guess that's that's the end of the game, right? That that's 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 the end result that we're looking for, profitability. So, if, if that's the case, then good. But again, you do want a full building as best as possible. It's not a good look. Anthony says, if New Japan were to go back to Australia this year and they charge you with booking the card, who would you book for the main event to sell tickets and boost a buy rate? I I think Osprey-Eagles rematch for the junior title main event and have Eagles win would be the sensible thing to do. But if it's just to sell tickets and boost the buy rate, I think you've got to put some more stuff. I think you've got to do better than Rev Pro Cruiserweight title and IWGP heavyweight tag titles you want to put on a big maybe an icy title defense throwing a never defense so just do a bit more than they did this time basically it's got to be more look as much as we're gushing over eagles and and osprey when when we previewed this show before the great job that we had from our friends at voices of wrestling who did a lot of the uh, legwork when it came to talking about the australian wrestling scene we were not blown away by this card, Joel, right? When you read off those multi-man tags and the main events and the six-man tags, and even though those matches might have turned out to be pretty decent, they're not sexy, right? Nobody's uh, Nobody is buying tickets for a multi-man tag. Can we just say that? They're just not. You got If you want a fucking house, you have to give something sexy away. You have to. And I know people are always trying to, to, to second-guess booking and all that, and we do that too. And you always talk about, oh, yeah, would you give away that? Give away. Would you, would you give away that match? So, look, if you want a full house, you got to give them something. That, that, and, 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 yes, Robbie Eagles and Will Ospreay is a fantastic start, but I don't know if that's going to be your be-all to end-all sticking, you know, your 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 main stars in throwaway tag matches. Sorry, that's not something that's going to generate a buzz to get people to buy tickets. And you haven't learned your lesson. I'm speaking to New Japan. You haven't learned your lesson yet, right? You haven't learned your lesson yet when it comes to these multi-man tag matches being on top. Come on, for Christ's sake, you can't do that. Got to give them something. Got to give them something, and that it, it's 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 hard to do because New Japan and the way that they book, it's hard to say, hey, you're going to get these matches, right? Because here's the thing too, Royal Quest. That's you, they, there still is aren't matches announced, correct? That's right. I think a lot of that's going to be depending on how things play out in the G1. Right, right. So. <sighs> I mean, what's the answer? What 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 was what what's Australia missing that 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 London isn't? Because London didn't get any matches. They got talent named early, but correct me if I'm wrong. So did Australia, right? Australia had talent announced early. Like, what do you think is the biggest 
difference between what went right with Royal Quest as opposed to, and again, I'm not saying anything went wrong necessarily for Australia, but again, if we're talking about tarping off areas, that's you know that's something that we, we don't necessarily want to have. I don't know if it's just merely a question of exposure, the fact that New Japan travelled to Australia relatively recently, whereas if we're talking about pure NJPW shows, have there been any in London? I mean, there was the sort of RevPro deal last summer, but that was... Yeah, they've, uh, all, been, they've really... all been co-promoted. Right. Yeah, they've all been co-promoted. So I think novelty definitely plays into it. And also the size of the venue, the fact that they went for the copper box comes with it the implication that you're going to be getting something big. I think people are expecting an IWGP heavyweight title match on that show. Mm. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, this has been hyped since Wrestle Kingdom. Right, they made these announcements when they did the uh, the video package at Wrestle Kingdom, correct? Yeah, and things became. Uh, I think tickets went on sales end of February. I think early March, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it has a lot to do with it, right? I think just the fact that New Japan was able to have a little bit of a head start working with Rev Pro, getting people more familiar with their product as opposed to just hopping down. And, and really, they're just kind of getting started when it comes to Australia. Um, I guess really what would be the, the, the key for me to say, okay, these shows were successful, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking that New Japan might feel the same way. I could be wrong. Would be, again, I'm going to mention profitability. Were the shows at least profitable? B, have they grown since the last time they were there? And then see the next time they go, and I'm sure there will be, the next time they go, will they be able to grow off of what they had? What, the, what really the end result was, people leaving that building saying, okay, I'm definitely coming back next time, and having people say, ooh, and I'm bringing my friend Larry <laughs> to come along, right, um, and get them into the product. So they're kind of hoping for uh, a good buzzworthy word of mouth. And that's where I think Robbie Eagles and Will Ospreay will help. That match will help uh, maybe push over uh, the next time they come. That's going to be success. I did ask on our Discord for any of our listeners who were live at the shows to give us their thoughts, any insight on what the experience was live. So uh, Ben says he was surprised by how big a response Nick Berry got. I assumed a lot of people attending might have just been NJPW fans, but they must have been paying attention to the local scene. Seemed like a lot of people were just happy to see some big names that weren't expecting huge performances other than Osprey versus Eagles. For example, I think G.O.D. got one of the biggest pops of the night and there was even a Tamatonga chant. Uh, one end of the hall was curtained off and it seemed like tickets didn't sell as well as last year. Juice was trying to get Mikey Nichols to play the cr- play to the crowd before their match, but he looked so uncomfortable and has zero charisma he could barely look into the crowd. Osprey versus Eagles was incredible and at one point I even convinced myself Eagles could get the win. Osprey was great playing the heel and got lots of fuck you Osprey chants. It was sad to see Gino put in such a bad performance. If people want to see what Gino is capable of, then I highly recommend seeing Slex versus Gino from MCW Clash of the Champions from this year. Overall, it was a good time, but not worth the $213 I paid for second row. I wasn't expecting too much effort from everyone, even uh, though considering 
I wasn't expecting too much effort from everyone, though, considering the G1 is coming up soon. If you're only going to watch three matches, then make sure it's Eagles Osprey, ELP versus Rocky, and Selects versus Solo. And Liam says, uh, in his section at least, it seemed to be Osres fans who like New Japan rather than the other way around. Uh, Liam adds that Farley has nothing anymore. Jay White is still the best wrestler in the world despite being a meaningless tag main. Osprey Eagles was boss and probably 100 times better in the building. Mikey Nichols is not going to fly in Australia. Nick Fury might be worth a look. Um, I kind of hated the Slex match. Uh, the Farley Dojo boys all have potential and interestingly went heel. Australia loves them some shows. Is it Nick Fury or is it Nick Berry? Because I've spoken two different ways here. I need to check that. And uh, Kyle, who was at the show was complaining on twitter about the crowd there's a lot of people yelling out whatever they, they can think of to get a yeah well well listen he he's a he's a he's a fussy pro wrestling fan <laughs> he, he is he he has very low patience like he he's a funny guy uh yeah so he's gonna he's gonna he, he hears one chant and his eyes are instantly rolling so uh oh, well he's one of these yes. like noah hardcore pro wrestling gatekeeper types isn't he that's a joke. Oh, That's sure a joke, he is. Kyle. <laughs> he, he sure. Trust me. He would wear that with a fucking. He would wear that with the honor. He would. He would. He would get a patch. He'd be like the Hell's Angels. And wear it on a, a back patch. Yeah, no doubt. No, of course. I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, Claire is is Claire got him into uh, Noah, uh, from what I understand, and uh, and uh, Kyle has has picked up the torch. But yeah, she loves that Marafuji. Oh boy, does she ever! It's, it's almost it's almost uncomfortable how much she loves <laughs> Marafuji. I, I they went they love Noah so much. They went to um, when they were in uh, Japan last year. They went to a fan club only bowling the bowling. Event. I saw the photos from that. They got to meet all the stars, didn't they? That looked really cool. Yeah, I mean, they had a great time, and she gets, she loves them so much. She gets emotional, and she just the joy that she has in these pictures is unbelievable. And they're drinking and bowling and having a great time, and there's so many great pictures, and oh, just so great. Uh, yeah, they are massive Noah fans, that and, and and great fans, as a matter of fact. So, uh, um, good for them. Listen, if there's a Noah Hall of Fame, they, they put put those two in there. Uh, they, they deserve that. Jamie says, when will these shows be on NJPW Worlds? Um, they will be in two days, Jamie. So you'll get to see all those uh, excellent matches then. Um, let's move and talk about the Super J Cup. Tickets selling very well there. San Francisco and Tacoma sold out. So um, Aspir from the Discord tells me that's 1,800 tickets for San Francisco and 1200 for Tacoma I believe so there's 4000 for the pyramids um so I don't I don't think that one has sold out yet but um looking pretty healthy so far and not even had any names announced yeah that I mean that's that you know let's let's be honest here the first rounds uh of the cup selling out you know it's kind of like it's kind of like the sweet spot where you would think the the, the building that they should run and the numbers that they should get, right? And to sell it out is is good. Look, nobody's doing cartwheels saying they sold out the fucking you know uh, Wells Fargo Center. But um, the, the last thing you would want to have happen is oh half the bill. You know you got five hundred. You know it's not Ring of Honor levels of panic, right? That's the last thing that you would want. Um, 
So, yeah, good for them. I think they're happy with that. Uh, Look, let's put it this way. The building that they booked, which was smart, they didn't book anything too big. They're going to get a nice, noisy, raucous uh, 1,200 people for, again, the opening rounds. I think that's that's a solid choice. I think it's a good pick, and uh, let's get those tickets moving down close to the finals in Long Beach. Thunderbeard says, in light of the Super J Cup sales, do you guys see New Japan running more smaller venues? Any ideas what kinds of shows they might be? Maybe a Lionsgate project with the American and Japanese Young Lions along with some of the dads. So what do you think we can expect, Damon, in terms of future shows in the States? Joel, I'm telling you right now, I, I think they they have opportunities that they've yet to explore on the East Coast, right? I think uh, you know major cities and and, and venues of, of of a good size. I mean, look, Philadelphia is one of them, and I've said it a thousand times. That 2300 arena is just waiting for them, right? That that's that's the spot, um, and that's a building size that I think they could easily fill if they announced something. Um, to, you know, I don't know, Boston, New York, or Philly, right? What would be the problem in them saying something like that? So uh, 2300 Arena is a, is a nice spot. Um, again, is the, it's the broadcasting for New York that's the problem, especially if you're in Manhattan, right? That's, that's a challenge because of the unions and all that stuff and blah, 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 blah. So I don't know how they get around that. But I think they could they, – listen, they have, an, they have an audience that's, 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 that's chomping at the bit coming off of Madison Square Garden to see them again. Uh, I think Boston is a hot market too. Maybe even Baltimore. Who knows? But I think a nice little East Coast swing is a, is a market they've yet to really tap into. Um, I don't know about expenses. Uh, you know, Obviously, it would be after the summer. I don't know. I think that I think that's an audience that they've yet to tap into that they definitely could. And I think that when they if and when they ever announce something like that, I think tickets would fly off the shelf. Speaking of tickets flying off the shelf, uh, I know this is not a Ring of Honor podcast, but ROH not not doing so well right now, are they? <laughs> that's an understatement for sure. No, they are not. Uh, and again, uh, you know, it's funny. What's funny, Joe, is that when I talked about, it was probably a year ago, and I talked about, oh, Ring of Honor, we're struggling. You know, again, why, why, why do people doubt me? <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Look at them now, right? Again, it's, it's like people can't see past what's right in front of their faces, it seems like. People can't see. Open your eyes. Look at them now. Look at them now. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Joel. New York, a big Ring of Honor market where you announced a show at Hammerstein. That thing, that tickets moved and moved briskly. And, 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 and yes, okay, they, they came off of last night at 2300 Arena. I did not go. Uh, and apparently they had a decent crowd there, and that's good. But that's Philly. Philly. Philly is ravenous for pro wrestling, and they always have been. You put something at twenty three hundred building, you're you're, you're going to do good. You're going to do well. That being said, boy, that pay per view looked barren, didn't it? You see those pictures? Yeah, oh, and we we had people giving us a bit of stick because we were quite harsh on the ROH portion of the G one Supercard at MSG, but. Yeah. You know, looking at the 
the arena yesterday and seeing just a swathe of empty seats. Whatever yep. they did at MSG, however they followed it up subsequently, it's not working. It's not working. Thank I mean, you. Look at stuff they did. Rush on the pre-show. Uh, Bandido working against the fucking corpse of Dalton Castle. Uh, you've got your next title match booked in the middle of the G1, which basically telegraphed the fact that Jeff Cobb was losing. And I asked the yep. question, who is ROH for at this point? Is it just for fans of the kingdom? Because that's what it seems like. <laughs> it feels like it. Doesn't it? It's, it's, it's an amazing thing, right? I, look, I can't... There's And that Enzo thing, ask, it's totally pointless. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. pointless. Yeah. There is no... It, it is... It, look, people like to dunk on WWE because they're the top dogs and people just want to take chunks out of them and and and, and a lot of it is deserving and, and maybe some of it isn't, but okay, whatever. Boy, is is who's in worse shape right now? From from where they were to where they are, it's it's definitely Ring of Honor, right? Yeah, I mean, if that keeps going like that in terms of live attendances, they're in a lot. Of trouble. I mean, Seriously. they are in a lot of trouble. And here's the thing, you know, at least. At least, I mean, people talk about WWE and and their lack of, you know, their houses falling apart, you know, and at least they got that TV deal. And again, they, they they're trying to fix a a a ship that is, you know, has plenty of holes in it. At least they got that TV deal. What what has Ring of Honor got? To, like, what's the silver lining for Ring of Honor right now, Joel? Like, what if you're a Ring of Honor fan? What are you hanging your hat on right now and looking forward to the future? You feel like here's what you feel like. You feel like you're a sports team that has no stars. L- losing season is right ahead of you. And not only that, you traded away all your top draft picks and you tr- traded away all your picks in the draft. Like you have no way to rebuild. You have no stars in the pipeline. You have nowhere to get stars. It's more like and the got stars st- that you have are broken. Yeah, you, the, the stars that they've got, they're leaving them on the bench. They're not even using them. Yeah, yeah. If you're a Ring of Honor fan, what? Give me, give me a. Give, let's be positive. Let's be positive. If you're a Ring of Honor fan. What the fuck are you hanging your hat on right now? And and trust me, this is. I'm not saying this to be like, ah, right, let's kick these fuckers when they're down. I'm not because I'm a. I, I would love nothing better than for them to be great. I would love nothing better than to be good. They're not. They're shit. Hunk of shit right now. What What are you hanging your hat on right now? If you're a Ring of Honor fan, Joel. I can't think of anything. And I was really positive about them when they were bringing in new names like Juice and Bandido and Haskins and giving yeah. Jeff Cobb a push and Rush and people like that. But something, I don't know if this is because or uh, Bully Ray allegedly having a, a big hand in the booking committee or, or whatever's going on there. But it just seems all of those positive, exciting things that they had have now uh, uh, the, the relationship with the Joshi wrestlers. It just all seems to have been thrown in the bin. Amazing. And, and it's not only that, it's the, f- it's this black cloud around them. Like they can't get anything right when it comes to, I mean, that controversy with the fan, right? 
that's still lingering around, you know, uh, and he gets pulled into the back and Bully Ray, you know, wags his finger at him. Uh, you know, and it's varying, you know, the stories of, you know, the versions of the truth of how severe that finger wagging was. Like it's, 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 it's that. And it's, and, you know, it just seems like there's, there is just this cloud around the, the Enzo stuff. And like they, they got to shake things up. I don't, I don't, Hanging your hat on, and what am I missing that that I should be looking for? Because I don't, I just don't fucking see it right now. All right, let's move on and talk about Bushi Roads. Bushi Road IPO is planned for July 29th. That is initial public offering. Uh, it's a stock market launch, basically. It's like type of public offering. Shares of a company sold to investors, uh, retail investors as well, and it's underwritten by investment banks. Usually, they arrange for the shares to be listed on the stock exchange. So, I guess. Bang Dream movie is doing well. <laughs> Look, it's uh, I, I know people were up in arms when they saw that, both positive and negative. Uh, positive being an influx of cash. The negative being, oh, they got to answer how does this impact New Japan Pro Wrestling, and how does this uh, now they got to answer the stockholders and blah 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 blah. Let, let me jump in with I a bit it. more context here. So uh, this is more yeah. information that came with it. it said, they said that they've got 100,000 New Japan World subscribers now. At the end of the year, Bushiroad had $270 million in revenue and $46 million was from New Japan. So New Japan, that's about a sixth of Bushiroad's total income. It's the second largest mm-hmm. of their franchises. Uh, Bang Dream is the biggest. 2018 was the most successful year financially for New Japan. Uh, attendances in 2018 was 400,000 in 160 shows, which is 2,500 paid per show. That's a little under half of WWE main roster and three times that of NXT. But uh, the key thing here for me is the fact that it is only one New Japan is only one sixth of the Bushi Road revenue. So it's it's not like Bushi Road equals New Japan, is it? No, it isn't. Right, and that that is a key takeaway. It is a big. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a sizable piece of the pie, and it is it is a pie that they look at, right? Um, it is a, a a division that you know you still want it to be profitable, right? And the fact that it is profitable looks good on the people running the show, absolutely. You know, when you have that, anytime that you have that evaluation at work, uh, you know, you want to show, you know, things are are trending higher. Right, that's for anybody who does any type of work. So yes, it's positive. Uh, again, I wouldn't be concerned so much as you know. Oh my God, New Japan's going public, and that's not. That's, I mean, yes and no, right? Um, I think the biggest takeaway is is you take a look at that fucking uh, Harold salary. Jesus Christ, the guy's rolling in it. <laughs> Spread some of the love. Come on, for a company that's rolling in money, the fact that they're so tight is just. Shocking. I know. I know. Chuck. I mean, we got PayPal accounts. We can, we can go incognito. We go Vimo or whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah, but uh, good. Profitability up. 
more more monies to be uh, used to uh, help make New Japan grow. That's really that's really the the bottom line in this is this is an influx of cash that isn't directly impacted uh, by New Japan per se because again they are just one sixth of this big pie, but uh, it 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 is helping sustain the parent company and make them healthy and uh, which will trickle down to New Japan. That is the key takeaway. Let's touch on this uh, Kizuna Roadshow that was last Tuesday in Miyagi in Sendai Sun Plaza Hall. There were two notable matches here. One of them was the British Cruiserweight Championship match uh, where Ryusuke Taguchi uh, challenged El Fantasmo and El Fantasmo defeated Taguchi in 24 minutes with the CR2. <sighs> That was a long 24 minutes. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I like my New Japan comedy as much as the next person, but this was like a 24-minute comedy match. Uh, Didn't do it for me, Damon. Got to say. Nope. Nope. No, it did not. Um, Look, uh, yeah. I I, I mean, I don't want to just kick a match when it's... It's... I'm not I'm not an aficionado or a connoisseur of the comedy. But I didn't even think it was up there with one of the better comedy matches I've ever seen, right? Uh I like my comedy matches short. I like I like a sprint comedy match, right? I don't like a twenty-four minute grind. Um I did it didn't do much for me, Joel. Uh, truth be told. Um I, I can't say that this will be in a match of the year review. Uh Look, it was there, and it felt like I kind of wanted my 24 minutes back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much how I felt. And how about the main event, the British Heavyweight Championship match and G1 Climax 29 Entry Spot Challenge, where Zack Sabre Jr. defeated the challenger Yoshihashi in 23 minutes uh, with a submission, as yet unnamed submission maneuver. Uh, again, I didn't at any point feel like Yoshihashi was going to win this. There were a few cool moments, but it just as Zack said in this post-match interview it felt more like a g1 warm-up match for zach uh more than a proper new japan main event uh you know it's funny because we talked we opened the show with would you rather take hiroshi ha- or hiroshi hase i would rather take hiroshi hase uh yoshi hashi yoshi hashi my god i feel like a tongue twister uh over seth rollins and I said I would take Yoshihashi. This match didn't do me any favors. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Um, yeah, uh, look, it, it here's what it did for me. It made me. It gave it gave me a reason to watch, in the sense of never did I really feel like that they would be stupid enough to take Zach out and put Yoshihashi in. Never. And 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 I know that you know it it just wasn't going to happen. People, we we all know that. Um, so right, it, never did I really feel like that was in peril. So um, that did take away a little bit of the steam going in. Uh, but again, it a little bit of interest was peaked because I because truth be told, I, I would never watch this unless somebody said you have to watch this match. Um, so they're, they're, they got me there, but yeah, it, I, look, I think they went, 
I think there was an okay match. Certainly not something that you need to go out of your way to watch if you haven't. Uh, just know that Zach is in G1 and, and, and rest your head on the pillow easy tonight. The most interesting thing, actually, for me, Damon, was the fact that Zach did his post-match interview or his post-match promo without Taka. And I think that's the first one that he's done in New Japan by himself. If I'm not mistaken, all the other main events that he's won, which we mostly during the New Japan Cup last year, it was always Taka who was doing the post-match speech for him. So I thought he carried himself really well. I thought the promo was great. And the backstage stuff was really good too. He spoke with confidence. He sprinkled a bit of Japanese in there. And I just thought he had the aura and the confidence of a star. Yeah, I, I love him. I, I think he's a complete package. And I, and I get, I, truth be told, I don't get why people don't, don't fancy him. I, I think he's tremendous all around, all assets. I, I would I would listen to his post match promos all day long. I want I'm on a compilation of Zack Saber Jr. post match promos because I could listen to him all day long. I think he's intelligent. I think he's smart. I think he's witty. Uh, I think he's handsome. I think he's uh, obviously talented in the ring. I think he has a, a like to me he has cockiness down to like like when I when we when we talk about cockiness in a wrestler. Like that's that's the role model I think people should should follow. To me, like I just think he is a prick, but a great prick, uh, and a smart prick, and he's going to he's going to outwit you, um, and outsmart you because he does use his brain, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, he doesn't come across as a Neanderthal. He comes across as a It's something as subtle as this, where he talks about, I want organic uh, toiletries, did he say? Because I like to hurt wrestlers and not animals. Like, I just think that's so smart. You know what I mean? And I think that just plays so (laughs) well. This guy's supposed to be a heel. Right. How can you hate this guy? (laughs) Right, right, right. Like, Like, on the one side, like, to me, the best heels... And this goes through old school. There's always a shred of, I see his fucking point, right? Even the best fucking heels, like, go through it all. Memphis, Mid-South, Portland, wherever you want to fucking go. The best heels, they might be heels, but there's always that shred of, yeah, kind of, I could see where they think that. They're wrong. They might not be always, but I could see where they, you know what I mean? There is always that little bit of fucking element to them. Um, where you could kind of see and not somewhat justify their methods, and I think Zach has that. I don't, you know what I mean? I just think he does. And I'll truth to be told, he comes across as a normal human being, like a prick, normal human being. But he comes across as a normal human being. He's not over the top. I don't know. I just think I dig every every nook and cranny of that fucking guy. Every nook and cranny. Okay, uh, question from the Discord that I thought was pertinent to this from TaylorMates. Would a live English translator work? For example, so Jay White doesn't get polite applause when he's running down Shibata and other legends, or would it be too awkward? Don't we already have that? Don't so have when, that you, when you have, no, someone translating an English speaker's promo into Japanese for the live audience. So let's say Zach is in the ring, he's speaking English, oh. and there's someone next to him with a microphone translating it into Japanese, like what they do for UFC. Um, I mean, 
here's the thing. I don't think it's necessary because, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't live there, but this is just kind of the, 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 the secondhand knowledge that has been passed to me, that a lot of Japanese students and growing up and people who live there, uh, they would be known as Japanese citizens, uh, learn enough English to understand the pro wrestling promo, to at least get the, the, the context of what is being said, right? Um, and, and, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of people can speak Japanese, especially in the major cities, excuse me, can speak English, especially in the major cities. It's just that they feel a little bit embarrassed to, to try to speak English because they're not confident in it. Um, I don't know if it's 100% necessary. It, it might, and, and I just think it would be an awkward, I'm going to say something, I'm going to pause and wait. You know what I mean? I, just, I, don't, I don't know if it's 100% necessary. I could be dead wrong, but I don't think it is. Yeah, I think also in terms of the Japanese viewers at home or watching on New Japan World, the commentators are translating mm-hmm. it. They Usually they have people who are proficient in English right. on the commentary desk, so they are translating in real time for people who are watching at home. So maybe some of the live crowd miss out on that, but I don't see that as a huge problem personally. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I agree that, that the commentary team does a good job of doing that for the people at home watching. Live audience, I think they pick up enough to, to know what's going on. All right, next is Ricky Choshu, retired in Krakow Hall, calling time on a career that spanned five decades. Do you think he stays retired this time? <laughs> I hope so. Um, again, to me, he retired at the Dome doing those you know four or five matches um, at the Dome. That I, I hate those comebacks. I feel, I feel like it, it does chip away at the... I don't, just stay away. I don't think we're going to see that with Liger. I really don't. I I, I hope not. I don't, I don't want to see a year later him in the ring feuding with, you know, El Fantasmo. You know, I, I don't. Um, yeah, someone asked a question about that. Xavier I, said, uh, would Damon be shocked to see Liger doing a couple of tours with AEW after he, quote unquote, retires from New I Japan? Would be. I can't see it. Yeah, I would be. I would, I would be shocked. Um, and again, this is pro wrestling we're talking about. You know, <laughs> uh, where retirements never stick, um, and it's rare. And I and I feel like I have more respect for the people that actually do retire and walk away. Um, I, I do. Um, I get that it's once it's in your blood, it's in your blood, and you can't get it out. But you know, it, you know, I'm, you know, it's kind of like, and it's, it's not like it hasn't happened in sports where. People have retired and they've come back, but it is rare. Um, again, medical issues aside, you know, um, one of the greatest hockey players of all time, Mario Lemieux, had cancer and he had to step away from the game and, and then come back. That wasn't an official retirement, mind you. Um, so with that being said, Ricky Choshu is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And I think those that 80s, 1980s run – with both New Japan and All Japan were amazing. And I think that the impact that he had on pro wrestling, not only Japanese pro wrestling, but pro wrestling in general is, it cannot be understated. I think he is an absolute legend. I think he's one of the top, I, I go so far as to say, top five most influential and most historic per, you know wrestlers in New Japan history. 
I would go so far as to say. He's right up there in the Mount Rushmores of the Anokis. Um, I mean, he, I, to me, you know, Anoki, Muda, Shoshu. Tanahashi. You know, those are those are the names that that are that are, that are top of the list. Um, you know, Tatsumi Fujinami, you would think has to be on there. Tiger Mask. You know, it's a hard list to fucking whittle it down, but he's up there and he's in the conversation. So, yeah, he retired again, and and I hate the fact that it's you know in Cork and 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 not the Dome. But look, it's pro wrestling, and what are you going to do? He is a he is a a, a a important piece of history in New Japan history, and if you are new to the product, go back and watch, because it may not be as impactful in 2019 watching what happened in 2000, or, you know, in 1982, but understand in the context of 1982, this was, this was Stone Cold fucking wheeling out the beer truck and spraying it down, and stunning McMahon, and Middle fingering Mike Tyson and all of that. It, that that was the equivalent of 1982 and him turning on Tatsumi Fujinami and leading his stable and trying to change the balance of power with Anoki in in New Japan. And I will go so far as to say, if New Japan didn't have an, an Antonio Anoki, Ricky Chosho would be Antonio Anoki. I was going back and watching some of these. Uh, January 4th Tokyo Domain events and one of the ones that really stood out to me was Riki Choshu against Shinya Hashimoto on January 4th 1997 and those two just beat the absolute shite out of each other so if you want to go and enjoy a Choshu match to celebrate his retirement go and watch that one because it's really good absolutely and again always those those multi-man uh, and I, you know, I bust on a multi-man but it's those elimination tag multi-man at, at Sumo Hall uh, Midsummer Night uh, in Ryogoku. Um, I have the I had the program right here, as a matter of fact, from one of those shows. Those multi man tags are so great uh, with Maeda and Takata and, and you know a young Muda, um, just fucking great. And and again, it, it I I hope it it's kind of like music and movies and stuff. I hope it translates to modern time, and I really think it does. To me, it's. Look, look, there was there was no promotion on God's green earth hotter than New Japan in the '80s, and you know all Japan '90s absolutely you put in there, WWE in their Attitude Era the couple of years, all super red hot. Man, I'll tell you what, I'll put I'll put '80s New Japan up against any of that. It was just red hot, and and a time to be alive and be a fan of pro wrestling. Uh, other little news item was the top 100 most popular wrestlers as voted by readers of Number Magazine uh, has come out. And I've sent you that on the old WhatsApp. So oh. you can see that in front of you. You can have a look. And I'll just read off the top 10. So top is number one, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Number two, Tetsuya Naito. Number three, Kazuchika Okada. Number four, Sanada. Five, what? Kota Ibushi. Six, Hiromi Takahashi. Seven, Jiro Ikimen Kuroshio. Number eight, Naomichi Marafuji. Number nine, Kairi Sane. And number 10, Kento Miyahara. So I guess the most surprising thing, well, maybe it might might not be a surprise for a lot of you, is having Sanada as the fourth most popular wrestler. That one? Um, Eichmann up there? Wow, number seven? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting list. 
Um, this is Numbers Magazine, huh? Okay. Liger, number 17. I'm trying, Will Ospreay at 22. I'm just reading off di- different names here. Jay White being very low, considering 28 for Jay White. Taichi, number 20. Yeah. I think the thing that stands out to me the most, Joel, is Jay White close to 30 in, on this list. That's, that's you know, Kenny is 15. He's, if I'm you looking look at, at the points, he's not that far behind Will Ospreay. But he's behind Will Ospreay. Is the fact that he's a heel got anything to do with it? I mean... What is numbers? Is it is it a pro wrestling magazine or is it like a like a? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with number magazine when it comes to the pro wrestling. To be honest with you, um, that's surprising me a lot. That Jay is that low. That's that's weird. That's Ishii is 18. Ishii is above Jay White. These are the names that are above Jay White. Sonata. I mean, listen, Tanahashi, okay, great. Naito, Okada, great. Sonata kind of surprises me. Um, Ibushi, Ibushi. Uh, I mean, Marafuji, uh, Kenta Miyahara, Shingo, Kenny, Jushin, Ishii, Suzuki, Taichi, 20. Osprey, Evil. Look at the uh, Noah champ all the way down in 42nd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chi is above Jay White. And again, again, I'd be curious as to, as to hear what numbers magazine is in, in the pro wrestling fandom world and how important that is. But boy, that's a that's a low that's a low that's a low seed for, for Jay White for me, considering every all the effort that they put in that Taguchi is above Jay White. That's the, and Will Ospreay surprises me, being above Jay White. That surprises me a little bit, Joel. No, I, I, I don't think it's a big deal, personally. I think it's just the fact that he's a heel, the style that he wrestles. I think once he has his baby face run, and I think he will get that at some point, I think that will change. And I, I think even so, that's not a bad position. I mean, he's above... Shibata, he's above Asuka from WWE, above Mako Satomura, above Bushi, above... Okay, yeah, that's, Kai, not, Kaito, that's, not, that's not get crazy here. Okay, he's above Bushi. Yeah, but Bushi's okay, really popular in Japan. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I mean, but considering where they are in the pecking order... I mean, again, if Numbers is, 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 a, is a Bill Apter magazine equivalent, okay. And, and what is this list? Popular pro wrestlers? Yeah. Favorite pro wrestlers? All right. I don't know. All right. Okay, I'll give you that. Jay White heel. Right. Most of these people on this list are at best tweeners when it comes to heel face. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Maybe I'm reading a little bit more into it, but it it just seemed considerably low. Uh, let's preview the Dallas show then, because this is the last podcast we're going to do before Dallas. So, um, uh, the Saturday, July the sixth, in the American Airlines Center, Damon, you will be there. First match we've got Show and Yo versus Tangelo and Tamatonga. Do you, 
Well, we've got a question here. Jack says, do you think my boy Shonyo have a shot at beating G.O.D. in Dallas? I really, really hope so. Do you, what, I hope what, so too. What's going on here? Why do you think they're doing this uh, junior team versus a heavyweight team? The, the lines between the two divisions continue getting blurred. Could this be a step towards maybe merging the two divisions? Please, I hope so. <sighs> It'd be great. I don't think it will. And I think... You know, I think it's significant that this is in the States. They would never do this in Japan. You know what I mean? That, like it just Because there are no, that those lines have already blurred here. So it's not a big deal for – it doesn't feel like a big deal when it comes to size differential between the two teams. So to us, it feels like two great teams going at it, you know. Um, I would love it to be some type of blurring of the lines. I don't think it will, but – it is a significant match in a singles, you know, a single tag match. I know that's a speaking of both sides, um, and it's a non-title it's match, a straight up tag match. Yeah, non-title I, match. I, I mean, they may okay. make it a tag title match. I doubt they will, though. But you'd think if they just wanted to get a match in for God, that they would find another random team. But I don't know. It just it seems notable that it is showing you know, that they picked to go up against them. I love it. I think it's amazing, and I think it's an interesting match, and I think it and I think it's really going to be a good match because I think to me, Sho and Yo play off of God's strengths. Like they're going to be the bumps, they're going to be the hard workers. They can they can do. And here's the thing: God are best. You know, when they're in singles matches, I feel like they're exposed, right? When they're in tag matches, they do what they do best, and they can do it well against a team like like Sho and Yo. I think it's I think it's a nice matchup for them. Um, I think this match will be really good. I really do. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I don't think uh, Rapongi wins. I think God definitely wins. But still, I, I love the matchup on paper. Second match: Shota Umino and Tomohiro Ishii versus Ren Narita and Jeff Cobb. Again, this one looks like a lot of fun on paper for really good quality workers. Little preview between. Ishii and Jeff Cobb, who I believe are going to face each other in the first night of the B block. This one should be good as well. Yep. I agree. Right? And again, you're getting young lions. And 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 if if for anything, you're getting a true taste of what a New Japan undercard looks like and feels like. Again, an authentic experience is what you're getting here, which I really like. Uh, and again, on paper, right, you got four guys that are fucking really good. Um and and this has has had like at no point do I feel like at least just with these two matches do I this the, you get you got to get into your seats early because these if these two matches are, are matches that are opening up the show I really think they're going to be great I really think that people are going to be talking about these matches when they go over with post match beers uh, shit that was a fucking good match too. Right, I, I think those are going to be these two matches, and you're going to go, want to be in your seats early to watch them. Yes, especially for interactions between Ishii and Cobb, two beefy boys going at it there. Yep. Uh, third match, we have Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto versus Chase Owens and Jay White. So again, this is going to be setting up the Jay White and Hiroki Goto G1 match. And they did do a bit of stuff on the uh, Kizuna Road show with Jay White running down Goto and Shibata, and then... Goto came out and chased away Jay White and Goto was wearing the takeover shirt and a lot of people were speculating, oh, is there going to be a new faction with like Goto and their 
LA Dojo Young Lions and Kenta maybe joining forces under the leadership of Shibata or something like that. So um, I'm quite interested in seeing this Goto JY thing. Less interested in Yoshihashi and Chase Owens, but you've got to make up the number somehow. Right, and I but I think I think even Chase Owens has a little will have a little bit of fire, you know, working at big show here in the states. I think he'll he'll I, I what what my bar is standard good solid tag match on a on a Japanese show. Like if I feel like if I walk away with that with a little bit more interaction to set up the B block with Jay and, and Goto, I'm perfectly content with that. Um, and I think that's that's what we'll get. We're going to get a solid setup for B block in this match. Fourth match, we have your boy Jushin Thunder Liger, Juice Robinson, and Toriyano <laughs> versus Bushi Shingo Takagi and Tetsuya Naito. So this is to preview the Juice versus Shingo match and the Yano versus Naito match in the B block. And you get to see Liger. So that's going to be a huge moment for the uh, American fans because. You know, when you get to see Liger in person, it could be the last time for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'm going to see his last, last, last match, but I kind of wanted to see his last match in the States. Um, and he, but even then, I want to get that because he is going to be in North Carolina, I think, on the 7th. That's Sunday. So he leaves Dallas and he goes to North Carolina. Uh, I think it's North Carolina. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So I, I'll never – it's like chasing the drag. I'll never fucking win that game. So I know I'll see his last, 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 last match. But, um, yeah, I was kind of hoping Dallas would be it. But, nah. Eh, listen, let him make some money and do the rounds and see as many people as he can. Um, I got to think of something to do with him, though. I, again, I'm not 100% sure about the media availability, what that, exactly that means. Like, I just want I want to make sure that they are able to have one-on-ones with wrestlers because I think that's going to be the important part. Um, not just sitting behind a desk and firing off questions. I hope there's one-on-ones. But we'll see. We'll figure it out. I got to be there Friday. Friday is they, they have the press conference, so... Uh, I will be there um, to represent uh, Super J-Cast listeners. And into the fifth match, which is the G1 Climax 29 A-Block tournament matches. First of all, we have Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer, which is a terrific way to start because they had a cracking match during the New Japan Cup. I've been going back and forth on this over who wins because I think it would be a great moment to have Lance Archer as the hometown guy getting a big win. But I also kind of think that Will needs to win more. And Lance being in the G1 is its own reward, really. So I am torn, but I think Will Ospreay wins this one. I actually think Lance Archer wins. I I know that they love to do those night one upsets, and this is a perfect opportunity for it. Lance is not going to get a ton of wins, right? I think they throw him the bone here. And they give him the win, hometown. Will would have no problem doing go, go, going under. Lance gets the win back from the New Japan Cup. It establishes Lance um, as a as as a credible threat. If if there were any doubts about that, I don't know. I think if if, if there's going to be that that shock, and I don't think it's that big of a shock, but I think if there's going to be a shock, 
this might be it, and I think Lance wins. Yeah, I when I was doing my pickums, I was thinking that debutants to the tournament, these new guys, I think it's important that they win their first match. But yeah, I can see both sides of the argument here. Anyway, the sixth match we have Evil versus Bad Luck Farley. I can't see Farley picking up too many points in this tournament. I think Evil gets the win here. Yeah, me too. I think Evil pulls out the win. Of all the matches, this might be the one match where I'm kind. This might be a, well, I can't be a beer break because I got to work. I can't drink in a press box, Joel. What, what am I going to do? Hit flask. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm a working member of the media. Like a lot of the shit that, that, you know, I, I'm treating this like I'm working because I am working. Um, this is this is me covering sports. This is me covering an Eagles game. This is me covering a Flyers game. Uh, so yeah, this would this would normally be time to get a beer. There ain't gonna be. I tell you what, I'm gonna hit it. I'm gonna hit it hard Saturday night. You you fucking know it. Dallas better be ready. And we're I'm fucking lighting up Dallas Saturday night. Uh, hmm. The probably on paper my least interesting match. But yeah, I think Evil gets to win here. Seventh match, Sanada versus Zack Sabre Jr., which is a rematch for a RevPro match that's going down this weekend. So I don't know when exactly that match is. I probably should have checked, but I'm assuming Zack isn't going to lose his title to Sanada. So I think Sanada gets his win back here. I would love to. So, so, so uh, Los Ingo Bernabalis goes two for two, huh? Okay. Um <sighs> No, I think Zach goes two for two. I think Zach gets a win too. Uh, he'll pick up a win here. Over G1. the fourth most popular wrestler in Japan. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. All right. And the next match after that will be between Kota Ibushi and Kenta. Again, going by my philosophy that I think the new guys have to win on their first night out, I think Kenta gets the win here over Ibushi. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I look to me, this is the most intriguing match. This is the match that I, my eyes will be glued to the ring because I'm very curious to see how Kenta responds to not only the, the drama that is G1, the spotlight that is G1, a big time semi main event, which he hasn't had in years, uh, and, and, and a working style and environment that he hasn't had in years, right? Let's be truthful. He hasn't had the, the expectations thrust upon him in years. How does a body respond to that? How physically is he able to ha- hang? Um, is he in that type of condition? Look, it's Kenta, and he was one of the greatest pro wrestlers of his time can he and is he physically able to pick up where he left off that is the only question that i have i believe he can and i believe he will but it'll be interesting to see and i and 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 it is a little bit of a situation where like like i'm watching it to see if he can keep up and there is an idea in my head of that might even be a, a bit negative, right? Why am I? I'm watching to see if he slips and falls, so I can point. Mm, I don't like, but that's you know that's what 
you know, it's, listen, if he does, he does. That That's an honest critique of what happens. I hope he doesn't, and I don't think he will. And I did think this match will blow the fucking doors off the joint. Yeah, to me, this is the sexiest one on paper. And yeah, same intrigue as you. I want to see can Kenta still go. I was watching one of his old matches, the match he had with Brian Danielson in ROH. I think this is around 2009, I want to say. I would look it up, actually. Um, everyone should go and watch that one because it was terrific. It was uh, from ROH Glory. It's on YouTube, actually. Um, let me find it properly here. Mm-hmm. A lot of searching this. this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why is it so slow? Search, search, hurry up and search. Okay, it is uh, ROH Glory by Honor 5, Night 2, from. Now, you Americans with your dates, I don't know if this is the 9th of June yeah. or if this is the 6th of September. <laughs> so we go, we go, we go month, date. So when okay. you see like 6 2 18, it's month, day, year. All right, so this is 9 6 06. So this is the 6th of September 2006. So yeah, there go and go. watch that. And if Kenta can come anywhere close to uh, replicating that, then. All the fans will go home happy. Um, did you pick a winner on that? Who do you think is going to win that? I do think Kenta picks up the win. Uh, well, here's the thing. New Japan doesn't always... Like, like New Japan's logic is, okay, here's a guy that is... You know, just everything that we're concerned with, they book that way. Like, Abushi's the established star. He's in shape. He's able to do these things. He is, uh, you know, former... I see champ, you know, all these things, right, that could play into the fact that, you know, he would get a win, logically, right? So, but on the other hand, yeah, you have to establish that. I'm, I'm going Kenta. No, you know, mm, I'm really fucking tossed up. I really don't know. <sighs> Fuck it. I'm going Abushi. Abushi wins. Okay. Uh, main event then, night match. <laughs> we have Kazuchika Okada versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. To continue their classic feud for the ages, I've got a card of winning this one. I think it's great to bring this match to uh, a Western audience. I think this is exactly the match that they should have done, and it's going to be brilliant for all of you fans to get to watch it live. And I'm going Okada to get the win here. I'm going Okada. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm. Look, this is a dream come true. A singles match, big time spotlight with a lot of stakes at hand. Look, uh, you know, I, I don't even think the the weight of this has settled in on me. That fact that in a mere handful of days, I'm going to be seeing live and in person Okada Tanahashi in a singles match. Go back to G1 and that and that and that time limit draw. Go back to Wrestle Kingdoms and the epic performances that they've they've had. Again, are the, can the bodies hold up? You know, we're, we're, we're held together with hairspray and duct tape, as, as somebody has famously said with Tanahashi. It's, it's, there, there are questions, but I think I'm going to lean on they've done it before. They'll definitely do it again. And in a big spot, they know how to work a crowd and work a match so that you're going to get everything that you paid for. So for those of you that are in attendance, congratulations. You're going to see great fucking pro wrestling. For those of you at home on your couch, you're going to see great pro wrestling. So here it is. G1 opens up. Here's the thing, Joel. 
G1 starts on Friday. On Friday. You know, Friday's the press conference. Saturday's the show. It's here. Uh... Uh, that's that's and and the month of pro wrestling that we are going to see holy fucking shit and for those of you that are new oh boy is it a grind it is a fucking grind because there are shows every night it feels like there's you know you you cherish those off days right you do cherish those off days it's going to be great it's right here it's right at our lap and here we fucking go now, I have planned for us to do our G1 Pick'ems on this show, but we've been going for like two hours and yeah. ten minutes so far. So do you maybe want to save that to next week? So next week we can review Dallas and then do the rest of our G1 Pick'ems. Obviously, we'll have to enter our Pick'ems before then because, as you said, the G1 starts yep. next weekend. So we'll save that for next week? Yes, we'll save that. We'll tease it for next week. Um, for those of you, again, as, um, I, I, I think this, this will be great, a great month, a wonderful time. Uh, I'm. If, if are we wrapping up, Joel? We're wrapping up right now, so I can do my closing stretch, right? Yeah. Um, do you want to do questions, or how, how are we doing for time? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do questions. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I didn't know this was a closing stretch. I'll save my my post match closing stretch uh, for after questions. So let's fire away. All right, let's dip into the Discord. Nicole says, "When are the Phillies firing Kapler?" Oof, real soon. I mean, they come. They came. Kapler is the baseball uh, manager, and. Look, they came off a little bit of a, a, a winning uh, bump, and you thought they were turning the corner, and then they dropped a handful to fucking Florida Marlins. Look, he, I, I hope soon, but I don't know if it's going to happen. They have to really start nosediving hard before that happens. Tyler says, if Gedo books Omega Okada in the future, does it have to be for the IWGP title, or does it have enough story to do without the belt? Is that a match that has to be at the Tokyo Dome? I think they could do Ibushi Omega without a title, but I think Omega and Okada, I, I would think a title would need to be on the line. And if you are going to run that match, you want to do it at the Dome, surely, to maximize. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. If we're going to do it a, a last time, especially when you're talking about this cross stream of promotion, yeah, you, you probably do want to have the biggest building you possibly can. Jared says, do you think Juice is done with the US title? And if so, who do you think is beating Moxley for it? I think it is going to go back to Juice. I think Juice is going to win it back, actually, because I think he is the guy, to me, who is synonymous with the IWGP US title at this point. Even though he's not holding it, I think he will win it back. Here's what I like what they do. So, yeah, I do too. I think Juice wins it back. But I like the fact that they'll give it to a guy that like a Moxley who, again, He's the hottest guy in pro wrestling right now. So when Juice beats him, or when whoever beats him, that's that helps elevate that. And if they keep going in that progression, it, it's only helpful. I do think Juice is is the guy that you can center around and build that title off of um, and help elevate that to loftier status. Um, I like Juice a lot. I think he's talented, and to me... He's he's a nice guy to build around. Uh, it would be nice to have him defend in the United States, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think he does win it back. Tony says, "What is Joel's opinion on the Miho Abe Gravure CD Woo-hoo! that was discussed, as well as the Hannah Kimura photo book that was also discussed with the lads and lasses in the Discord?" I haven't seen the Hannah Kimura photo book yet. I haven't got my hands on a copy of that. But let's save the Miho Abe thing for next week because. 
Damon is going to buy a copy and we can do a joint <laughs> review of it uh, next week <laughs> along with our Dallas review. Yeah? I, I, I yes, yes. I, I actually can't wait. Oh, she is just stunning. I'm, that, that, talk about pants down. That's, that's, that's the definition right there for that. Woo-wee. Nice. Okay, yes, I will give a full review. Uh, Liam says, mates, what's your favorite Australian food? Sucker for a good sausage roll in the morning, hey? Um, I'm not au fait with that many Australian I like foods. a pie. I, I like a meat pie. Yeah? I like a meat pie, right? Yeah, they're fucking great. And when you get a good one, yeah, they are fucking tight. Um, yeah, so if I have to say pure Australian, like, known food, a, a fucking meat pie, yeah, I'm down with that. Tim Tams? They're Australian, aren't they? Little Tim, Tim Tam Tams slam. are, Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite I, like Vegemite, I, good. too. Vegemite Do you really? Do you like the Vegemite? Yeah. yeah. I prefer Bovril. Vegemite is Bovril's poor cousin. Okay. But uh, Vegemite on toast, okay. hot toast, butter, Vegemite, yeah, it's good. I I will say this. Australia has fucking great coffee. Like, they know their fucking coffee. Like, I, I don't think I've had better coffee anywhere else in the world but Australia. Um... Yeah, that's good shit. Yeah, Tim Tams are good. Um, nah, I would. I, I'm I'm pretty content with with the list we got. A good meat pie. Yeah, that. that I I tell you what, I had the best lamb burger I ever had in my life, uh, in Australia. That was so fucking good. I couldn't even tell you the name of the place. I'd have to talk to my friend Bernie who lives down there. Um, mm, I miss Australia. My wife really misses Australia. She's been clamoring to go back. Because her friends are there, um, and we might have to make a trip. I, I, I'm, uh, it's a, just such a long fucking flight, but man, it's worth it when you get there. You would love uh, Joel. You would love Australia. I really truly believe it. Yes. You would love it. Yeah, I'm sure I would. Maybe I can arrange something next. Put time that on the bucket list. Visiting my sister in New Zealand. Yeah, there you go. Nice. All right, uh, Speedwagon says pants up or down Suzuki's career versus Liger's mask at the dome. I don't think he's going to... No. Why, why would he put his mask... Could he put his mask on the line? Yeah. I suppose he could. Hmm. He could. Let me ask you this. Even better question. Not to take away from Speedwagon. Uh, does Liger unmask as he leaves? Or does he leave the arena with mask? I think he leaves the arena with the mask. Just judging by how they've done previous retirements, like Izuka's retirement, he just stayed in character. So I think Liger keeps the mask on because this is... So he... F- yeah. Yeah. But how dramatic would that be? He takes off the mask, leaves it in the center of the ring, and walks off. And then future work he does with the company, he's just Yamada. Just saying. Hmm. Huh? Hmm. I don't the, hate the it. Tears would be. Fl- don't hate it. I don't hate okay. it. Okay. All right. I'm gonna pitch it to uh, to the ghetto. <laughs> All right. Uh, Wintle esque. Lesker's. What's with the new Suzuki Goon music? Have we heard the last of Kaze Nino? Right. That's just a generic Suzuki Goon uh, faction theme. Yeah. I think when it's just Suzuki or a match that heavily features Suzuki, you still have your Kazanina race, so you don't need to worry about that. Yeah, they'd be stupid to, to toss that in the bin. That that would be fucking 
just ridiculously stupid. So they're not, they're not doing that. D the Great says, question for Joel, how difficult is it being a fan of a team in a league that is so far away from you? Do you watch matches at odd times or just keep up via the internet? Yeah, I usually just keep up via the internet. If it's a big match, like a cup final, I will watch it live. Like I woke up in the middle of the night to go to a bar to watch us get battered by Chelsea in the Europa League final. It just seems every time I do stay up late for a match and watch it live, I end up getting punished. So I do it uh, more and more infrequently these days. I'll just sort of wake up, check the score on my phone, go back to sleep. Uh, question for Damon. It's the bottom of the ninth and you've been called in to close the game for your favourite baseball team. What song plays while you warm up on the mound? Um, hmm. What song would play... So just as a little context, so when they bring somebody in from the bullpen, Joel, Joel as they warm up, um, they'll have like a, th- a lot of pitchers will have theme music. Like uh, one of the, the best closers of all time, Mariano Rivera, had uh, they came out the Enter Sandman. Um, <laughs> I would do Wild Thing. That would be funny because it is there is a baseball theme to that. What song would I come out to? Um, I don't. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, you know what? I would try. You know what? I've been thinking. I have I have um, a thing where I have uh, – I do need some type of like an entrance music, and I'll just leave it at that. And I'm thinking I'm going to be using Naito's theme to to do it. So uh, I'll come into Naito's theme to, 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 do, the, to do the cross-pollinization or maybe even Hiroshi Hase's theme as we use for uh, our own music. So in the, any one of those two. Tony, oh no, I read that one. King of Scotch Star says, uh, with the blocks as they are, if you were to take one wrestler from AEW and WWE and add them to the G1 in place of two competitors, who and who, uh, I would take Daniel Bryan, uh, swap them for Yano, and I would take Kenny Omega and swap them with Bad Luck Fale. Yeah, Fale and, and Yano would probably be my two that would leave. Um, I'll take... Uh... Hmm. I would take it would be a risk but um I think the risk would pay off. I would take Nakamura and I would take um AEW. Hmm. Yeah, probably Kenny. I mean, who else would you take? Kenny. Uh, Xavier says, question for Joel, who would you say is Okada, Naito, Taichi, Tanahashi, etc. the FIFA national teams with today's current rosters? For example, I said the US national team is the Yoshihashi of New Japan. Oh, I, I really don't. Have what? My... <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> I don't have my finger on the pulse as far as the international teams go. Um, who are the world champions? So France, they're world champions. So I guess France would be Okada. Seth Rollins. <laughs> Oh, they love Seth Rollins, don't they? No, they, they bloody they love do. him. That's weird. I mean, there is a pa- there at least at least there's a pocket of fans that are that are very passionately pro Seth Rollins. They they I mean, Voices of Wrestling certainly knows they're around now. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, to give a, I, I will compare. England would be Hiroki Goto, so <laughs> perennial choke artists. Always He's never managed choke to win anything. Right. Okay. All right, uh, next question. Aspir says, you're walking around Tokyo with your significant other. Maybe you get into the more seedy parts. You run into a wrestling-themed love hotel. Do you go in? Mm. If so, what do you expect to find in there? What would you want in a wrestling-themed love hotel? A barbed wire baseball bat. You know where that's going. (laughs) Exploding light tubes. (laughs) 
right. <laughs> yeah, I want landmines. I want, and I want, and I want a, a guy dressed in a hazmat suit and sirens going off, <laughs> counting it down <laughs> as the explosions, as the bed gets ready to explode. <laughs> That's what I want. That's my theme. That how romantic would that be? Maybe some sort of sex toy hanging from the top of the ceiling, and you have to climb a ladder yeah. to retrieve it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that that's that would be sexy hot. Yeah, I want it to be death deathmatch themed. Uh, light tubes, bed of nails, and then the bed. There's a siren, <laughs> you know, it blows up. <laughs> that's romance right there. Uh, okay, uh, Matty T says Damon hates factions, but factions are how New Japan structures the undercard tags to keep the singles matches fresh. Wouldn't you miss the team alliances? Does Damon hate all factions or just faction drama? Um, I just hate. I don't hate all factions, and let, let's let that be known. I, what I don't like is, well, this guy joined this. Fa- that's that's kind of like what I don't like. And and it's here's what I think factions sometimes can be: lazy booking. You know what I mean? Because it's it's you know, I don't know. I just think it's a crutch. I don't. I, I don't know. I just it, it, like I just find it to be. It's kind of like general managers at this point. You know what I mean? For when when you talk about WWE and heel general managers and that, it's just something that's been. It's just tired. I just don't think you need it, and I just think it's lazy booking. Pseudonym says there are a lot of talents in New Japan that are main event caliber, but aren't regularly main eventing. Sonata, Evil, Ishii, Goto, etc. Presumably because there isn't enough room with all of the current main eventers. Since none of the current main eventers are really people you'd want to move out of that role, that seems to leave a lot of these quote-unquote main eventers in waiting stuck where they are do we see some of them jump ship to try and get main event opportunities elsewhere and how long can new japan stay hot rolling with a pat hand but that's pro wrestling in general look i'm telling you right now there's not a pro wrestler in the world that doesn't think they're a main eventer and if they don't think they're a main eventer that they shouldn't be in the fucking business right the problem is is that there's only so many main eventers so people jump ship i mean look at michael elgin michael elgin Felt like, all right, listen, they're not using me the way that I think I should be used, right? And whether you agree or disagree with it, you at least, at the very least, have to respect his decision to be like, I think I'm better than what they're giving me. Yeah, Davey right? Boy Smith So he's going to go, Davey Boy Smith Jr. is another one, right? Um, there are people that, that are like that, and vice versa. John Moxley, Cody, th- that feel like they can reinvent themselves outside of what WWE is giving them. Kenta, right? Whatever the case may be, it goes both ways, and it constantly goes that route. And there's, and here's the thing: there is nothing wrong with that because guess what? Michael Elgin is an impact right now, probably making more money than he made in New Japan, right? Um, and he's able to take Japanese dates, and he's able to now go to Big Japan and wrestle in a match that is not only a dream match for him, is a dream match for us, right? John Moxley is able to go to New Japan and do what he does now, and it's great, right? He's able to do some dream scenarios and not have shackles. It works both ways, right? So, yeah, that's a good thing that that mid-carders feel like they're, they should be main events and they can explore options elsewhere. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think it would be great, personally, to see someone like a Goto or Tsunada or whatever, let's say, go to New Japan, uh, sorry, All Japan, you know, jump in the champion carnival, 
something like that. So to get to see them featured in a more prominent spot, I think that would be great. You know, this shake up with people leaving promotions, it works both ways. I don't want to see everyone going to New Japan and staying in New Japan forever because I like watching lots of different wrestling companies. Yep, yep, I agree. And and again, maybe, may, not to say that there are shackles with being in a New Japan mid-card, but, you know, there, there, it could be a scenario where, hey, you know what, this is a opportunity that I didn't get before in an all Japan ring or I mean look at Yoshitatsu of all people sold out Krakenhall today he's a draw (laughs) is that right okay there you go so I mean but you know if you take his all Japan work I'm not saying it's the greatest of all time but it's significantly better than what he did in New Japan as the Bullet Club Hunter right it works both ways it works both ways South Dakota Ibushi says, do you think G1 30 next year will have 30 entrants to allow Suzuki, Makabe, Yoshihashi and Kojima to come back and give the dads a send off G1? The 2020 Olympics putting an extra spotlight on Japan may give them a reason to make this the biggest ever. And if the Olympics make it hard to book Tokyo for the beginning, they could do early stages in other parts of Japan and maybe US and or UK as well. I think that they're exploring those options. Um, I mean, I, I can't imagine the logistical nightmare of trying to book G1, at least in Tokyo. I mean, they're going to be all over Japan, mind you, and it's going to be, you know, it's, go- it's going to be tough. I mean, you figure Tokyo Tokyo proper has Cork and Hall shows and then uh, whether it be Budokan or whatever. Um, they just It's just, you know, logistically, they got to make it work. With the Olympics being in Tokyo, um, do do they expand it to thirty? I can't say definitely no, but I would lean toward no. Um, I think this was an opportunity to make it as large. I think they tested the waters with 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 Dallas. Here's the thing with Dallas: I think right now, generally, they are they are okay with Dallas right now, and I say that with uh, okay, right. Right now, from from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, Joel. The word that we got is that, that at the very least, G1 is a in Dallas is a profitable New Japan show. Correct? Yes. I don't know. Would so, I say they've learned from their mistakes? Mm, I don't know. We'll right. See. <laughs> I think so. I think that they they may have. I think they have. I'll go so far as to say they have. They know that there were mistakes. And they know that there are things that they can learn from, especially when it comes to the U.S. audience. Uh, but overall, they are okay with what they got. Not, tickets sales have not really been as what they thought. Let's be honest. They, it's not what they thought. And, and I think they have lessons to be learned from it. And I think they have and they recognize it. That being said, the show, as of right now, is profitable. So, okay, there you go. Uh, but I think this was a, a test to see what can be done for G1 to expand outside of the confines of just Japan. Mixel Click says, can we get some kind of correspondence from DMAX upcoming excursion entitled Damon Does Dallas? I don't care what it is. And, and like, like what, on Twitter or what, what, what context are we talking about here, Joel? Yeah, do you want to jump on Twitter? What do you want, photos? Or... What do you want, Instagram? Yeah, photos, videos, Whatever. I could do it all. I'll do it all, man. Uh, You give me the keys. But here's the problem with that. 
you know it's going to be like one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. I'm going to be, you know, plenty of drinks, and I'm going to be like in my hotel room, and I'm going to see something on Twitter, and I'm going to be like, <laughs> so I got to, I got, you know what I mean? There is that danger of that happening. Um, so you can send uh, stuff yes, to me I to tweet have out if you want me to be the, the filter, the, the filter between the filter? you and the scary world of Twitter. <laughs> Okay, I right. uh, we'll work on that. We'll we'll figure that out. We also got to work figure out when we're doing a show, because um, I fly back. Uh, I'll be back home by the afternoon here, but it'll be like one o'clock in the morning there. So maybe we do a Monday because I think I'm off on Monday. Um, maybe we do Monday next week. So uh, yes, uh, yeah, I'll I'll keep everybody updated. Uh, the press conference. I'll as soon as I get audio or if I have video, if I record it on my phone or whatever. Um, I, I'll share everything with you. I'll give you a, a first-hand view of everything I can via the Twitter account, and we'll make it happen. I, I will. I will be reporter Damon for two days, and you people will benefit from it. Mike says, "Do you think we'll get more serious or bullshit Tai Chi matches in the G1 after the Ishii match? I'm genuinely excited about what he could do if he gets five or six matches with that mentality. I think we'll get more serious than bullshit. But the fact that Yano is in the same block as him." I think Yano is going to give you your bullshit quotient. So I think Taichi, you're going to see a lot of good stuff from him. There'll be a bit of shenanigans. I think you'll... A bit of sliminess. Yeah, there will be. Sliding out yes. of the ring and not wanting to engage. But when it comes for the, the meat of the match, the meat of the pie, he's going to deliver. I'm in, I'm in agreement with you there. And, I'm, I'm, and, I, and I, again, I'm not worried about comedy. I'm worried about... Bullshit, interference, foreign object, ball shots, ref bumps, that kind of shit. You will see that. I don't think there's any doubt you that you won't. Um, you will see it. And but I, I'm I'm leaning more toward the Tai Chi that we all love, as opposed to the Tai Chi that just idiots like. <laughs> Shots fired. All right, uh, Chris. I'll give you two questions here. Chris says, "Who do you think will be the unsung hero of the G1?" Someone who doesn't have many expectations going into it, but will deliver excellent matches. And Matt says, which wrestler do you think will do better than expected in G1? And which wrestler will do worse than expected in G1? I'm going to go with uh, Juice being a unsung hero of this. I think he's going to do very well. And I think this is uh, a nice time for him to shine. What was the second part of the question, Joel? Sir? Someone who you think will do worse than expected. <sighs> Kenta. But I don't think he will. I don't think he will, but I think if anybody has the... Like, if somebody has high expectations that could possibly be lowered, I think it's fair to say Kenta, right? Only because of, you know, again, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since he rock and rolled. So um, I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying that the potential is there of any of them. He's probably the one that I'm looking at with a, with a, with a critical eye. Could be famous last words from me, but I think Gotto will do better than expected. I think he will go out there and try and prove a few people wrong. And I think Moxley might disappoint people because I don't know, the expectations on him may be getting a bit too high. We still don't know what he's capable of from this frequency of matches with such a different variety of opponents. So, yeah, right. This is, you, I, I don't think the expectations for a Moxley. I don't know how far the brawling style of Moxley so far can can get you in G1. And I think that's a legitimate concern, right? Again, G1, we're expecting awesome pro wrestling, not necessarily a brawl every single match, right? 
And I think that might be that that might have a shelf life. And that might, you know, by match four or five, do we still want to see a brawl? All right. Um, so that's my only concern as well. Atom A says, if Kenta delivers beyond expectations, what should his ceiling be in New Japan? See, here's the thing. I don't know if he's in just for the G1 or he's going to be with New Japan long term. So until we get some clarification of how long his deal is, it's very difficult to say if this is just going to be a one and done. But uh, his ceiling in New Japan... I can't see him winning the IWGP heavyweight title. I could see him definitely being a challenger. I could see him holding one of the secondary titles. I could see him yep. being in a, a headlining spot for not the biggest shows of the year, but definitely, you know, like a, let's say a King of Pro Wrestling or a new beginning in Osaka Joe Hall or something like that. I tell you what, if, if, if there is a deal that is done and he is there for, you know, a, a, more than G1, I think he is an absolute great challenger. What a great challenger. Uh, and yeah, you're right. I think he's secondary title. I don't know if you give him the biggest title in the company, but boy, oh boy, I think he he would be a real interesting challenger um, to an Okada or or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the deal that he has, but that, that's some sexiness on paper. Andrew says, for Damon, how hard was it to try to keep up with shows like the G1 when there was no service like NJPW World? So back, do you, Joel, do you remember back when you spent, I think it was like $150 and you got, what was it, was it Ustream or some nonsense service that you paid and you got every show, but it was like $150. Do you remember that? Were you, were you, were you in on the G1 back then? It was probably like about five years ago. No, I wasn't. Okay. Um, so yeah, you that they had that. So it was before New Japan World. You could get G one, and they broadcasted everything on. I think I'm gonna say it was UStream or some shit like that. And again, it was like a hundred, a hundred and fifty bucks, and you got the shows. Um, before that, it was tough. You you heard about the shows secondhand, thirdhand. And you waited for them to be shown. Um, like I'm thinking internet-wise, how quickly were you getting shows? So you would be like on RSPW, the fucking news group. <laughs> um, and you would hear about shows. And then it would be a while before you saw them. At least a couple weeks. Really wasn't quick. I got to be honest, Eric was really quick. There was another one. There was a, like a, a torrent service. I forget the name of it, but that was really the beginning of what Eric did when he when he created Real Hero Archive because they it was free, so it was so it was kind of like Extreme Torrents now, Extreme Wrestling Torrents now. But it was they what they did was they said okay everything's free, but then during G One or Wrestle Kingdom they charged you for the download, and Eric was like, "What the fuck is this?" So that's when he explored. Okay, well, how are these fuckers getting the shows? And that's how he got. That's how he created the real hero uh, drive, and, and all that stuff. So um, that was the catalyst of it. So it was a little bit difficult. Videotapes was nearly fucking impossible. You waited months before you got them. So no, you could. You just you knew who won beforehand, and you just went back and saw the matches. So it was. I Joe, I, I say it before. I'm, I just find it amazing how. You know, 
I feel you're in a golden age where pro wrestling is at the, the at your fingertips and music is at your fingertips, um, and you can watch everything live. It's an it's really amazing because I vividly remember getting the fucking videotapes and you know every there was no such thing as spoiler free. Let's put it that way. Just a couple more. Daryl says hypothetically, Gato actually left New Japan as Booker. Who takes over and how fucked is the company? I mean, we touched on this before. I don't think the company would be fucked because. Uh, I believe that he's, as a lot of people speculated, he's part of a committee. So who else could take over? Maybe someone like Liger might want to try their hand at some booking. I don't know, but I think the company would be fine. Yeah, I don't don't think the company would lose. Again, everything filters through him. um, And I think he has the the biggest piece of the pie in decision-making and and the, the ways in which it goes. Um, And I think, I think the one thing that would be missing is his influence like you, there is a, a an influence that he has. There are influencing factors that go into Gato's overall style and preferred method of booking pro wrestling. So I think maybe some of that, like that that Memphis style or that you know that that Southern pro wrestling thing that he likes, um, that that flavor, that little inf- that that hint of spice that he adds might be missing but i think overall i think uh i think the in general i don't think it would miss much of a beat last question emilio says has damon ever run up the rocky stairs yes when i was a kid but i i haven't in years it's kind of like 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 when you live in the city that's famous for a, a touristy thing you never see it like like the liberty bell right it's in Philadelphia, and it's ten minutes away from my house. How many times I've seen the fucking Liberty Bell since I since I was six? Zero. You know what I mean? Like, why the fuck am I going to look at the? You know, it's just one of those things. So, uh, I wouldn't say it's a tourist trap because people, you know, who in Kansas that have never seen the Liberty Bell, yeah, it's one of the first fucking things you see. The Rocky Statue. Everybody sees the Rocky Statue the first time you're there. Of course you do. But you know, you know, when you're in, you know, you know. Los Angeles, you want to see the fucking Hollywood sign, you know? It's just the thing that you do when you're not there. Um, so, yeah, it's been not since grade school, but, uh, but yeah, I think everybody has, has run it. But when, when, I, when I have people that come here, it's, it's one of the first things you do. You, you know, they always want to go to the Rocky statue and, and the, the, the steps that are there. All right, so that's it. I'm not doing any more questions. Did, did you have something you wanted to say before we get out of here? Yeah, no. Yeah, I just wanted to wrap it up with, and I just wanted to make sure that I wrapped it up with one. Again, Hall of Fame, get in. It's fun. Uh, get your votes in. We'll have the uh, Google Doc ready and rock and roll shortly. Got to be a member of the Discord. Listen, over and above the Discord, or over and above the Hall of Fame, Discord is the place to be, right? That's where you can talk about pro wrestling anytime you want with intelligent, logical, fun, uh, goofy, uh, interesting people to talk about pro wrestling. Uh, the meetup, I'll see everybody in Dallas um, at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Again, it's Lemon Avenue. Lemon, uh, join the Discord. We have a channel dedicated to that. But it starts at 11 on Saturday, the day of G1, 11 o'clock a.m. We're starting hard, uh, and we're going late. So uh, I will see everyone in Dallas. I'm looking forward to meeting everyone. Um, I can't drink too much because I got to work, but uh, I'll do my best to pace myself and it'll be fun. And I look forward to seeing everyone at G1 in Dallas. 
Yeah, so you can find the link to our Discord in the show notes. You can buy one of our T-shirts at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash superjcast. Massive thank you, as always, to Editor Dan. You can visit his YouTube channel, 219 Films, and on Twitter at EscapeTheBoxUK. You can subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network for other good shows. Please give us a five-snake review and some kind words on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super TheSuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye.